when you listen to the show, if we are wrong or we don't know what we're talking about, that is perfectly fine. And you can correct us anywhere you want on Twitter, on Instagram, or on Facebook. You can find us at Not A Historian Podcast or at Not Historians. That's fine because we just jump on the internet, go to the library, talk to people, watch some interviews, and do the basic research we can just to show that two average Joes can do it. Exactly. We're not historians. So first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Well, maybe he walked around with jelly beans. That's what it is. Maybe he walked around with jelly I think beans so. I think he, and he was at the crime scene and stuff and be like, nah, see, nah, I got these jelly beans, see, nah. We're just two dudes that came up with an idea and we said we should know more about the everyday world around us, like why are beer bottles the shape they are. In 1930, the Republican-controlled House of Representatives, in an effort to alleviate the effects of the, anyone, anyone, the Great Depression. Get ready to take notes, boys and girls. It's another edition of the Not Historians Podcast, with your hosts, Desmond Dunn and Shalom Agulavin. All right, it's another episode of the Not Historians Podcast. I uh, just wanted to start this before we actually get into the show. In the introduction, just want to take time to acknowledge an icon that we just recently lost. Uh, we lost Sir Roger Moore. Yep. And that's, that's both devastating and tragic. But, you know, he lived a long life and has been a an inspiration to many. Yeah. I mean, he's a big part of our friendships. Indeed. Uh, I mean, last night, in his honor, I don't know how many theme songs we sang. Uh, they were quite, quite uh, few. I, there were also probably a little too much uh, time on our hands there, so we, I don't remember. We just kind of get carried away. I don't remember what started it. I don't either, but I think but that... People just kept shouting what? different theme songs, and all I wanted to do was play Live and Let Die. Yeah. And everyone's like, no, it's too good. That's obviously the best. We have to play all the other ones first. That's a lie. I got to listen to A View to Kill so I can listen? Yeah. No. I have to listen to The Living Daylight? The Living... I mean, so I you listen. don't... No. You let Paul McCartney and Wings take the helm. Man, um, good point. <laughs> I'm sorry. We, we, uh, the reason I'm bringing it up is we had a very joyous time. We did. In the honor so of Roger, Roger Moore. Moore. Yeah. And you will be missed. Sorely missed. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think there's not a lot to say about the first real James Bond death. Right. That worries me because I'm like, we have to lock up. Timothy Dalton and Sean Connery. Also, Pierce Brosnan, but I feel like he's super healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, no problems. I agree. But you know what? I think that we, in his honor, we actually celebrated his life and his memory. Oh, well yeah. Last night, for sure. We didn't dress up like clowns, but. No, no, we didn't do any of that. No. But, we Sir Sir Roger Moore, if you're, if you're listening. Hey, Roger Moore, if you're looking down or if you're in the room. <laughs> we, we appreciate, appreciate you. If you're in the vicinity. <laughs> All right. Ladies and gentlemen, today let's get into our show. But before we do, I want to introduce a guest that we have here you, with us. You've heard his voice almost as many times as you've heard ours. I, that's true. Very true. he makes our intro. That's cool. Well, he made it. I don't know if he makes it still. Yeah, he makes new versions occasionally. And it's like, we should try this. And we're like, no, Jelly Beans is great. That, that's a true statement. He offered today to, to put in all kinds of things into it. Um, so do you usually take offers where people offer to put things inside of things? 
<laughs> Do you usually? Yeah, I love hot dogs. I mean, the hot pockets, uh, all of those things. So talking hot dogs, man, I, I, I don't do hot dogs that are like not real meat. Like I have to have all beef hot dogs. God. Well, no, no, Hebrew National and Nathan's. That's I mean yeah, understood, so, right? Well, now if you're in a if you're in, in in New York, oh man, those those dogs on the on the corner on the little shop carts, those are freaking amazing. But are they all beef? Those are freaking amazing. All right. <laughs> so, our guest today is Justin Stallings. Boom. Justin, would you mind telling the folks about? Uh, about yourself, just a little bit, so we can get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, gentlemen, it's a joy to be on the show today. Thanks for inviting me on. Thanks for being here. I'm glad that you didn't say that all of our listeners were gentlemen. I was a little worried at first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know, gentlemen are ladies. Or ladies. Or ladies. You know. And ladies? How about and ladies? I don't know. Who uh, knows? Or whatever you self-identify with. <laughs> That's the most politically correct thing that's ever been said on the show. <laughs> I think so. Because uh, we just had an episode release where I, I, I was racist against oh, the man. Italians. I'm going to go after to oh. say it because I'm just that racist. I have to say so, I Italians. Italians. Oh, yeah. Uh, Are you going to tell us again? Well, no. We don't need. I don't think we need to rehash it. I still feel horrible about it, man. That, that show was should. recorded months ago. Uh, <laughs> and I'm still like, damn, why did I say that? Olive Garden's a damn good restaurant, though. I give them that. Oh well, you know, no, no, it wasn't Olive Garden. I, uh, I, I said something. I don't know. It has it released? It released. It just released. It just released. But you know what? Go ahead and say it again. Uh, I'll tell Justin because he, yeah, he probably knows. hasn't heard because it's been like two days. Right. Uh, was in the car. We're driving home from the store. Had a jar in the back. I heard we came to light. Er, er, ding ding. And I knew the only thing in the car that was glass was a jar of spaghetti sauce. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, God, it hit the armrest or the rails of the seat. It'll break. Right. I was like, get that. And my wife's like, no, it's okay. I'm like, no, get it. Because I don't want it to be 100 degrees out. And when I open the door and I get out, I'm going to smell like a fucking Super Mario Bros. Right. Okay. <laughs> I feel horrible about this comment. It's hilarious. You're both laughing. But at the same I, no, time. No, I'm not laughing at all. You are. I'm cringing. So that, I'm, that is the <laughs> laughingest cringe I've ever seen. <laughs> it is on audio. So I felt horrible. I mean, I get that it's funny. But at the same time, like, it's funny because he's a fictional character. Right. If I was like picked an actual person, I would feel even worse. So I'm like, at least I didn't do that. Because I don't normally do that. It would have been bad if you picked a person like, if you said Ron Jeremy, it would have been terrible. What is Ron Jeremy? Yeah, man, the Italian Stallion. That's <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. No, that is <laughs> not I correct. That's Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> not correct. That's I, not accurate. I'm, I'm pretty sure Stallone. Rocky Balboa. You know, if I said, I don't want to smell like Rocky Balboa, I don't, I, I don't think I could ever say that. Uh, that would just never come out of my mouth. So I'm like, Ugh. but I did mm. say it and I felt bad, even though he's a fictional uh, digital character, occasionally on cartoons played by Captain Lou Albino, which I love. So I'm like, I love Mario. There's no, there's no love lost. I feel like it was a joke between friends more than anything. But anyway, yeah. Uh, so you made the most politically correct statement that's ever been made on the show. But we, we don't yeah. let people self-identify because we honestly don't know who you are. <laughs> that's that's great. Well, we don't. How the hell do you know? Who's listening right now? Tell me, Shalom. It's a very good point. <laughs> we don't know. That's it's how radio and podcast and TV works. You can't do it to a specific person, or it's just weird, isn't it, Jeff? <laughs> Some guy named Jeff just got freaked the fuck out. <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> so why the fuck am I getting a direct? 
mess- message from Twitter. Yeah, I don't know, Jeff. Well, I got a DM. Some guy named Desmond. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so a little bit more about yourself, Justin? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, well, I've known Shalom and Desmond for years now. They've been my brothers for years. Yeah. Um, I hate Samantha B. Legit. No. Nothing, Shalom. Samantha B. He doesn't even okay. know. He doesn't even know. Oh, Acceptable. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I, I know the show. I have a master's in instructional design and technology. Okay. So, you know. That makes him the smartest, man, smartest man in the room, obviously. I don't know about that. Obviously. I just had, that just means I have the most student loan debt. Uh, debatable. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and then I've been playing games ever since. So I was playing like four or five when I first got my NES. <clears throat> well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Let's let's get into the history of Sega, and then we'll get into the history of the consoles. Of course, our familiarity with Sega is going to be uh, since our lifetime, which means consoles, <laughs> right? But so we, that's how we know them, of course. So now that we're yeah. getting into the history, it's going to be the actual. What is a Sega? Uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry, you were going to say something. No, so I was, the, the question is that I have is what World War Two. And arcade games have in common, or rather, the end of World War II and arcade games have in common. Oh, uh, well, I don't. I don't I, they're both good things. Well, yeah, they are both well, good things, and they both have a place in Hawaii and are part of the Sega origin they story. They both have a place in Hawaii. They, they do, like like the arcade game, the arcade gaming, the end of World War II. So I'll explain. The end of World War II didn't have. To, what does Hawaii have to do? The end of. So, so I'll explain. I mean, I get that, but I'll explain. So Sega, as we know it, has an interesting origin story, which we kind of not Japanese. About. Correct. It's not Japanese. That's. I think that was the most surprising thing to me because for some reason, I've always associated like even though Nintendo's Japanese, right? All their characters are like part of American Donkey Kong, Mario, right. Diddy Kong Racing, Mario Kart. All right. you know. Uh, Rabbits, uh, all their characters are part of Castlevania, yeah. Metroid. They're all part of our American exactly. culture, so we don't. Right. But Sega has always seemed like oddly foreign to me. Like they just get things a little. Uh, but bit I, I off. think it might also be part of your. Well, one, I think that might be part of your your uh, your bias towards Sega not being the greatest company ever. I don't know no, his thing. I love Sega. I just think Sonic is bullshit. That's all I said. <laughs> like, I feel like there should be a Sonic the Hedgehog coming through the window, through the doors. Like the Kool-Aid Man? Yeah, just like the Kool-Aid Man. Just <laughs> take you out, man. No, he will come in and my foot will fly up and rings will go everywhere. I'll just knock him off his head. <laughs> That's good. You'll be running around like, I'm sorry, guys. I don't know what I did. I'll be like, next time, bring tails with you, bitch. <laughs> I was hoping they replace you with knuckles. <laughs> oh, whoa. <laughs> oh my dirty. That's pretty dirty. Alright, so so kind of what I was saying is that the Sega, the name Sega stands for service games. Now, interesting enough, service, the, the, the service portion of that is talking about service, like military service. Right. Which is why I tried to connect the two, but uh, utterly failed with my my connection uh, with my joke. Sorry, thanks. But A for effort. Yeah, well I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Always. So the, the thought process there is you're trying to market 
games to the military. So let me go, let me expand a little bit. Sega started out making arcade games. Yeah. That's, that was their, their niche market. Well, they made, they made a slot machine. Slot machine. Coin operated machines. Coin operated machines. Cause I, well, I just, I know what you mean. I know yeah. you know. I'm just want people you, to understand. Yeah. They saw an opportunity with the service since the end of World War II was happening. You have these service folks on these bases who are going to be, they're going to have a lot of leisure time. Right, because they're not under constant threat of attack right now. So you're saying that they were in the the service, they got this leisure time, they're doing things. So uh, service gaming is for the military. Uh, Sega thought, why not hustle some coins? Out of these. I I feel like that's that's probably not how they said it. Really? Because they didn't get, well, I know it's not how they said it, but. That's what they did, right? I mean, you know, offering a service to uh, to a military folk is not a not not necessarily a hustle, in my opinion. I think that's just a good business bench. Okay, well, that's how prostitutes feel too. I'm just saying, there's a <laughs> severe problem. They've had to shut down several. <laughs> so, so Sega was was founded in 1940. No, Sega was the culmination of a couple of different companies. Uh, Sega was the you had the the piece that was selling the arcade games here. To the, or rather, the service games to the service military folks on the on the military bases, but they also had an idea to move that that enterprise overseas to Japan and try to market that that avenue as well. Uh, there was a gentleman who was already doing that in Japan, and they kind of networked with him and his company, and then they combined the two companies together to the Sega that we knew uh, that we knew today. Now that was back in 1940 that this happened. But that's cool. So Sega is thinking, hey, we're doing this. We're going to import American games to Japan. Right. Which is so backwards to how we would know. Yeah, it doesn't work that way today. Yeah. Right. And we know gaming. We watch Japan to see what's going to come out. We may not catch on, but we know that they're going to be on the next edge of it. Mm -hmm. Maybe not with VR, but in consoles, definitely. Nintendo still Mm kind of sets this deal standard. Uh, And the developers set the, you know, the genres. So I'm just saying it's weird to think it's kind of backwards to how we would know it. Anyway, you're saying in '40 they founded these right. uh, service games as a conglomerate, kind of a Correct. umbrella for all these operations. Correct. So okay. it, that's exactly right. And so that was the focus. These these coin operated games was the focus of the company Sega until about 1982 when they moved into. Well, that's a big. You're you're covering a lot of ground. Of history. <laughs> you're, well, you're right. Uh, but that they, was their focus. Than, but I mean, no. What I'm saying is like you. We're a history show. You can't just wipe off 40 years ago. <laughs> so consoles. I know it's console wars, but, uh, but... But no, legit. That was their their primary focus until about 1980. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, I know in 51, mm-hmm. uh, slots were outlawed in the U.S. territories. Right. So that's when Sega said, shit, uh, you know, we make slot machines. Right. <laughs> for the military because our business model out the window. <laughs> yeah. It would be like if Colgate was here and somebody comes out and so, says, we outlawed toothpaste. And you're like... Oh, I guess we're making cars now. Like, what do you do? Yeah. Um, so they came up with the idea that, well, that we already got the Japanese market. Right. So they started pushing into Japan hardcore and going, hey, you guys love gambling, right? Here, have some gambling. Have some gambling. <laughs> have right. some gambling. And then uh, Sega and Enterprises, Chris. the conglomerate that you were saying, like, they finally merged into an actual company mm-hmm. in 65. And I'm just trying to cover this gap real quick so we can get to what you're talking about. But there is a history here that's interesting. Uh, because right. it, it moves through these deals of like they started off with gaming. They were with service gaming, Sega. And then they moved into Japan and started working there. And then it started to backflow because the guy realized, 
uh, hey, I'm importing games to Japan. Why can't I export games from Japan and right. have a two-way street? Right. Um, so they did that. It's pretty good. It's a pretty smart idea. Sure. In fact, uh, Sega came out with Periscope. Right. An arcade game, Periscope. It's the first arcade game that I'm aware of that was a quarter. Now, what's interesting about Periscope is it was also bigger than the other arcade games, and it cost more uh, It cost more to, right. to, to, to make it and to house it in, in these organizations, or rather, in the places that it was being housed. But what Sega, and I think Sega continued this throughout, was they the game itself was so well-crafted, and they, they had laser focus with this game, that the cost of the game was offset by its playability and how, how likable it was for from the public. So I thought that was pretty neat. That's just cool. I just thought it was interesting that it was the game that like standardized the idea of a quarter. Right. right. And I think that people, that, yeah, go ahead. Desmond. No, no. I think that people just are used to video games cost multiples of quarter. Right. To think that there were games that were, well, outside of like Buffalo Nickel, that weren't like mm. a nickel uh, or yeah, a dime yeah. or whatever. Uh, to think that we all know that games are 50 cents, yeah. 75 cents, a dollar, a dollar, a dollar 50. Uh, but they're always 25 cents or a multiple thereof. I don't know what I do if a game was like a dollar 12. Like, how, how do I put this in? <laughs> you I would be so confused. Like, am I supposed to put like three pesos in? I don't understand. I don't understand. That, that's correct. Three pesos is accurate. I know. I know. I think that's way off, but. When like yes. when the arcade games you're talking about everything you know they started that out with Periscope was being a quarter like even now I think I mean really the only arcade games I ever see anymore are really at pizza places right yeah. so you go to Mr. Yeah. Gaddy's and you're like you know this claw machine's like two bucks like holy shit I'm not gonna pay two dollars where where's the machine that has a quarter yeah uh you, the only I think the only arcade games I still play are in bowling alleys mm. and movie theaters. Yeah, uh, and I don't I don't do them like I used to because we used to play pool, we used to bowl, bowling or whatever. Your parents mm-hmm. play league. Then you will learn really quick that there's a arcade section, right? Except that we're not the movie theater in Hollywood. I think they got rid of theirs. Now, they they put in the well, ball section. I like I mean, that's a trade off. Yeah, I mean we're adults. <laughs> happy with that. Uh, but yeah, we're happy with the trade. But I, I there's something I've always said that the day I see that the last time crisis machine in town is gone. I will buy a time crisis machine. I'm sorry. It'll, it'll, I've never, I've never bought an arcade uh, cabinet. Yeah. And part of the reason why is I'm afraid it's a hobby that I would enjoy. Right. <laughs> and it's expensive. I mean, it's not crazy expensive, but if I start collecting like arcade cabinets, I'd have to give up guns. Right. Um, sorry, listeners that are anti-gun. Yeah, I, I, I'm not a crazy dude with them. I just like them. I mean, we live in Texas. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. not even that. It's not like I go around like. <laughs> Yosemite like, Sam. Huh? It's like I have a set list of like guns, and I'm like, mm, need to find one of those. And if I do, and I can afford it, I get it. And then I go to the range, and I enjoy the discipline it takes. I feel like Yosemite Sam will do the same thing. Yeah, probably. But I feel like he also runs around just like with him out. And that's kind Didn't of, you go to Tech? Isn't your your no Yosemite Sam? No, it's not Yosemite. It's Raider Red. What the hell ever, dude? It's Yosemite Sam wearing red, <laughs> and the and the damn slogan for your school is uh, "Guns Up." 
It is, but we don't actually pull out real guns. We make finger pistols, Shalom. Pew pew. We don't. <laughs> we don't. Pew pew. We don't. We we'll actually like pull out our 1911s and revolvers and start just like bang, 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 shoot the other team. We win. revolvers. Well. No, I said 1911 and revolvers. Oh, and revolvers. Okay. I was like, well, that's uh, We don't just do that. That's very specific. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, those exist somewhere in the alternate universe. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a Webley that's actually 1911. It would be a Webley 1911 revolver. Might be wrong, Nick. But see, I think that you revolver. know this because that's what you guys used. Secretly. <laughs> no. I know it because... Uh, I don't I don't know. I don't know. If <laughs> whatever. Because, like, you know that cartoon, Yosemite Sam? Yeah. I'm make him a mascot. Oh, yeah, that's, I feel like that's accurate. That's how it happened. Okay, well, that's how it happened. And I... Who am I to argue with you? But you won copyrighted Bugs Bunny? Yeah, let's, let's use him. <laughs> right? Uh, I was trying to think. Uh, the Time Crisis Machine, though, is a perfect example of like a still solid arcade cabinet. Yeah. Um, and the reason, the only reason you used to get good at games, I don't know if you guys did this, the only reason I got good at any games on the arcade was uh, my parents were, as we talked about, cheap. Hmm. They're frugal. Right. Frugal people <laughs> I come from. They, uh, my grandma would take me to like the laundromat and be like, there's a Gallagher machine and you have to play Gallagher or Pac-Man. It was the yeah. slash machine. Give you a quarter. You might get 50 cents for the whole day. Yeah. She going to do all the laundry. So you're going to be there for a few hours. Right. Yeah. And that dollar's gone. You sitting your ass quietly in the corner watching the prices, right? <laughs> That's a true story. And I'm like, oh, Lord. So like, I think the first time I walked in, I was probably done in five minutes. With, oh, <laughs> my dollar was like, can I have another dollar? And she was just like, no, no, <laughs> no, 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 you, yeah. you didn't buy it. I'm not going to give you a dollar every five minutes for you to go throw it away. Yeah. So then uh, steadily, as you do this, you become more better. Yeah. yeah. Because, yeah. well, I know I'm only going to, like, I got to make this quarter last. Right. So pretty soon, you know, pretty soon, pretty soon years later. <laughs> Grandma's like, we got, we got, we got to go. I'm like, hold on, I'm not done yet. <laughs> I know, I'm hiding this corner after they start shooting, like after the shots launch, I go to the left corner, can't hit me. You know? Wow. <laughs> I'm like, way to go, MC Hammer. Well, I mean, that would have been about the age. I was like, can't, can't do this, can't touch this. I got you. He's still around too. I had too legit to quit. I got you. Making uh, commercials, commercials, commercials about. Uh, Hanging stuff on the wall now. Oh, yeah, the 3M. Uh, 3M, yeah, yeah, hammer yeah. don't hurt him. <laughs> yeah. He probably got paid $50,000 just that one commercial. I hope so. He yeah. went broke so hard. But, uh, yeah, you get really good at him. In fact, Tekken Tag, which comes up a lot. That's one of my favorite games. Not a Tekken fan. I know, but Tekken Tag is my is my game. And the only reason I developed skills was uh, <laughs> hockey and me and some other people would randomly meet, not like we would plan it, but we'd randomly meet at the arcade machine in Western Ball. Yeah. Yep. And just try to destroy each other like we did in everything else. I mean, like, uh, you know, like, so I got really, really freaking good at taking tag. How does that sound go again? Oh, okay, okay. That's the sound when I, when my character, when, when you lost, starts busting your ass. Oh, yeah, okay. All right. Uh, no, martial law would come in and he's just like, Destroy you, yeah. Because I can tag him in that. And combos. I was I more of a Street Fighter fan. More of a Street Fighter fan. Well, that would be great, but at the time, I think Street Fighter wasn't making a new game for another six years. They they had released, yeah, uh, I think, uh, no, sixteen years. Or something no, like no. I'm saying at the time, I think they had Street Fighter Two Alpha Beta 
five ZX editions wow. special like, classic. Legit? Yeah. <laughs> like because they wouldn't make a new game. They were they refused to call it Street Fighter Three. They were like, we've introduced twelve new characters <laughs> and uh we have fourteen new locations and the graphics are all new. Street Fighter two. <laughs> two plus. Two plus. <laughs> two plus. Two point five eight point nine seven. Like a Stardate. Collector's edition. <laughs> like a Stardate. Hey, Sega, man. Like, let me talk to you about some of your titles. Right. I, I think that's honestly legit why I didn't like some Sega titles. Yeah. Was just because they had long-ass names that made no sense. But, I mean, that's, you know, but, it's unique. Uh, it is. So, you know, they made arcades. They, they standardized the quarter. Uh-huh. And then they were bought by a conglomerate that doesn't exist anymore. But I think uh, we all remember being that we're old. Or we watch movies, one or the other. Uh, Gulf and Western. Yeah, okay. So, Gulf and Western used to be like Disney. I think they owned, what, Paramount? Was it Paramount or Universal? I think it was Universal. But one of them, right? Yeah, so, sure all the movies Universal. you got always had. Gulf and Western, yeah. Yeah. And they were they were really good. They made tons of arcade games. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Sega, like Nintendo, was a master of arcades. Right. Right. So, they collected your quarters, got real big, made millions of dollars. Hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, and they expanded hugely, licensed a lot of stuff, yeah. pretty much at the same origin that Nintendo had. And probably that's how we would have known them, I feel like, is they would have stuck with arcade games because mm-hmm. they were just making and killing. I mean, they were, yeah. You're right. But then, goddamn it, 1983. Oh, you're talking about the <laughs> video game? Yeah, or the, the game crash. crash? Yeah. The same thing that happened that made Nintendo go, we got to do something, is the right. same thing that made Sony go, we have to do something because they lost like 40% I mean, you mean of Sega, their, right? Yeah, sorry. No, you're good. Sega right. saw like 40% of their profits drop off. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah, they said, uh, lost. we got we to gotta do something. Time's strange. Like their profits were down to like $136 million, I know. Like I, yeah, I know that they used to make like almost, I don't know, three, like 260-something. Yeah. Something I have no idea. I'm not a master of the deal. I'm re- I'm look. I'm remembering Wikipedia right now. I'm pretty sure because I can see the font in my head. Well, that's weird. <laughs> uh, but they they made the SG one. Uh, yes, the SG one thousand. Right. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to offend the Stargate fans. I just called it the SG one because I assumed no one was going to confuse it with uh, the SG thirteen twelve or whatever. There's not another one, so I'm just saying. Well, I mean, there was another SG, but. Uh, but well, no, but it was a model of the SG one. It was still yeah, correct. Yeah, it was the the upgrade with the new processor. It had the cart. You know what? We have a moment here. They had the card system. Did you, did you ever see one of the, the no? Sega cards? I didn't see one of the Sega cards, but yeah, I did notice that too about the the SG one thousand. Have you ever seen the cards? I can't say that I have. No, they're like credit card sized uh, SG. Oh, they really? Oh, well, they're they're cartridges. I'm pretty sure I've never opened one up. Yeah, but. Their cards, and you would stick them in there. And I'm like, this is light years ahead of anything else anybody would do for a long time. Right, I right. love cartridges. I'm a big fan of cartridges. I think cartridges are the way to go in a physical media. Yeah, we did talk about that. You've said you've said that before. Yeah, and, and because it's less, um, it's less, it's less volatile. Well, I, I mean, they're, they're they're pretty volatile. I mean, a CD will last a long time. They're just less prone to damage, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, uh, physical. Yeah, the scratches is the biggest thing. Like, right. you scratch a cartridge, it's not bad. But the other thing on the flip side is, I can probably store an Xbox 360 game anywhere as long as it's in the case. Right. It's perfectly fine. Cartridges are finicky about changes in all kinds of atmosphere because they can right. look great and you can open them up and they just destroy. Yeah, it's true. Um, See, awesome. cartridges are easier to get to work too because yeah. do you ever run the 
on the old Nintendo system, the cartridges are blowing it. Yeah, which they say not to do because they introduce it. They worked. It introduces yeah. moisture. Moisture to the uh, Which is, I actually, here. here's a tip for people that collect systems. I save the silica packets from shoes, from packages, from everything. Yeah. And they go, whenever I move or like back there behind them, there's silica packets. Because mm. I, I keep with all my carts. And occasionally I won't even wrap them like in a saran wrap or something with the, the silica packets. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. So that yeah. they, I know that they're not being introduced and then they stay in the area. Probably yeah. shouldn't have them on this outside wall because it, it's more prone to change. But that's, that's how serious you have to get when you're looking at it because you're long term storing something that's 30, 35 years old. Yeah. Right. You have to start wondering, you know, is it going to work? Because it can corrode. Very good point. Sure, can do it. But uh, that's just a pro tip. Mm-hmm. Is uh, silica packets never, never leave home without them. CDs you don't have to worry about. Yeah. So I do like that because I can just stack them in the corner and, and just go about your day. Yeah. yeah but they point. break, and if you drop them, they can't break. They can scratch. Oh yeah. Uh, the machine will scratch them in some cases. I hate that. Yeah. And yeah. Put it in a PS tray. But Sony didn't do that. They had these cards, and the cards just look like giant SD cards. Sega. God damn it! I'm not gonna. <laughs> Uh, well, you know what? At least I'm not having to say Illinois today. That's a fair point. I said it right because you guys earlier. He has trouble with Illinois. Oh, yeah. He, he likes to say Illinois. Illinois. I don't know why. It's just it's what I do. It's not a conscious decision. I, I don't care. Um, well, you know, it's America. You can say wherever you want. Exactly. See, this guy. Pronounce it the way you want. This guy gets it. I, I got you, Desmond. Yeah. So I'm, I'm about to get us to where Sloan was trying to jump to. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that, I feel like Shlom started an hour ago, and I, I, I honestly don't know where you're. The, 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 well, he was going straight to the system. He's like, I want to talk about Sonic. Uh, so they had these cards, and they were ROMs, you know, ROM cards, right? Pretty cool. Uh, Sega was sold off by Gulf and Western, not because it did bad. Gulf and Western went through a streamlining phase because they right. owned a lot of different industries, and they just went focused on media. So they were like, hey, uh, get rid of Sega. I don't know why they didn't consider it a media, but I think they meant an actual media like news, TV, right. I still think I would have included gaming in that, but I'm looking at modernized. Well, and I think to to kind of touch more on that, the time frame was different. I mean, it was still a time where video games or and game consoles and stuff like that, and uh, game cabinets weren't they weren't then what they were in nine in the nineties and in the eighties. Right, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I'm not. I'm looking through modern eyes, saying, yeah. "Well, of course you could have done so much media stuff." With, but at the right. time, they I don't think they knew that they were going to be in everyone's home. Which is interesting because you know part of what like venture capitalists do or, or banks and whatnot, like when they go out and they decide to loan money to companies or or, or what to invest money into, they. Uh, they do market research and things, and they kind of do those long-term studies. Well, I think that you do, but that's also why it's called the video game crash. No one, if people knew it was coming, right? They would have. And when the minute crash, fair point. I mean, that's the whole idea is not to not to have a crash. Um, so that brings us to eighty eighty one, where you were trying to get to us. So right. I'll let you go ahead and take over there. I just wanted to get the actual history of the Sony because I think it does matter. To Sega, God. Because I think it does matter because Sega worked really hard. Yeah, I got that. That's poor Sega. Poor Sega. No, no. Sega. Sega worked really hard to get to that point, and they went through these changes. So you have to understand, they're an American company that was focused on America and then focused on Japan, and then they got bought by the Japanese and then bought by the Gulf Western, and then they got bought by 
you know, Japan again, and then yeah. they go back and forth, so they don't have a real focus. They're very much an in-between, I don't know how to explain it, like culture. Right, and, right. and that's a good point to mention uh, before we get into the next piece of this, that Sega, Sega had two different operations at this point, at, at the point we're talking about right. now. They had Sega of Japan and then Sega of America. Right. At that point in time. So yeah. were, those were the two powerhouses together. But Sega of Japan was the, the parent company at that point. Right. And No, I'm just saying it's different than Nintendo because Nintendo was a wholly, from the start, Japanese organization. Right. Yeah. And what they did was export that to, to us. America. Whereas Sega is an import that was exported that was imported that was exported again. Right. So it's not a purely Japanese thing that happens when Sega happens. It's a conglomeration of American and Japanese and Polynesian culture. Right. But, uh, business, culture, leadership, yeah. ideas, because the designers, you know. And at the time the games come, they still have this history. They're always, every company is always going to pay some respect to its, its corporate history. Sure. And the ideas, especially in gaming, you're going to build off of what you know. And what they knew wasn't purely Japanese like Nintendo. Right. It was a com- it was a combination, combination of, of, two, of, of, of the, uh, yeah, multiple things, right? Of them. So I'm just that's why I think there's a big difference. Yeah. Now go ahead. So in and thank you for that because it's a good point. I just, yeah, I just wanted to raise it because I was like, I think yeah. that that's a big difference for me, yeah. and I feel that when I play them. I, I get that. So in 1983, Sega transitioned into the console gaming market. Uh, they introduced the SG1000. At that point in time, it was Sega's first game console system. Unfortunately, they had some really bad timing. So I think throughout the history of Sega, we kind of see things like just re- like they're getting in their own way. Like Sega is getting in their own way yeah. and causing their own problems. Well, so, and you say that, and I'm not not I, again. Uh, the console wars right. is really the NES and the Super NES versus the Genesis, both of them. Right, right. And I feel like if the only reason and this is bad, Sega had the luck of they did is timing. They hit Nintendo. When they were sleeping, uh, which we'll, we'll get—I know we're going to get to. I just—I want to point out that the, the reason there was an actual war and why I don't think we have a console war today is purely because Sony, I, I, Sony and Microsoft don't fight. They release consoles at the same time. Right, right. Nintendo and Sega had to fight. We'll see that when we talk about like the propaganda. We'll call it propaganda that they put out. Yeah, and, I, and I, we'll talk about that here in a moment, yeah. for sure. But I just wanted to talk briefly for a moment on the on that point that you brought up. The Sega does kind of have a way of getting in their own way, um, and this is seen early with the they released the SG one thousand at the same time, and not even the same, just the same year, but the same day as the Nintendo NES system. Yeah. You know, why in the hell would you do that? Well, they didn't it, know that Nintendo... I mean, but that's again, you're saying, why didn't they know Nintendo was going to be the biggest thing in the world? Nintendo didn't no, know no, Nintendo no, was no, going to no. be the biggest what, thing. What I mean by no, that is Nintendo yeah. already had market... Like, at this point in time, Nintendo already had this this momentum that they had built up. From they, what? But they... From the from the Famicom system in in uh, Japan. So what I'm talking about is when, they, when, they, when Nintendo released the NES in America... And Sega introduced their, or they released the SG-1000. They were in direct competition, which right. they, they were continuing in competition later on in in, uh, in their history. But I think it's unique to, to understand that the companies, like, it, it wasn't, the way things work today, like you mentioned earlier, consoles are released about the same time. But there's there's actual strategy behind that. 
you don't want to be the one who's behind in the in the uh, market. But the SG one thousand was while it was a good system, it wasn't it wasn't on par with the NES system. Uh, the NES system was ahead was ahead of the SG one thousand. So I think that's more more what I'm saying here is you you do look at it and you say well if you have this. And it's not superior. It's not a superior product, and it's not a product that really contends with the NES system. Well, I think it did contend. I just don't think, like you said, and, it, and to me, I think that there's two things you have to you have to remember that you're forgetting: licensing and marketing. Okay. They have better titles. They have yeah. better marketing. Doesn't matter who makes a better product. It's who sells you their product. Like that's the. I mean, that's the point of the, the thing. I mean, that's 101. I feel like it. Yeah. You know, always be closing, which I'm not saying that they didn't do. Obviously, Nintendo did a fantastic job in one, so you're right. Yeah. But I think that it's not stupid to go head to head because here's the thing if you come out after, you're already behind. And since, True. And since Family Comes already out, you can't come out before. So you have to go either at the same time and try to capture some market share mm-hmm. yeah. or come in second place and just know you're going to be crap. And that. Probably isn't the best strategy in my mind. No, I agree. Well, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here because I hear what you're saying, but at the same time, in a historical context, you have to remember they don't get to look back and go, "Oh, the NES was of course going to wipe out." You know, so that's funny. we should have saw that coming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, like the it crash, was... it's just not something that no market. I'm sure there were people that said it would be a crash, but yeah, who's gonna, you know, you know, really not. Yeah, it's a lot of guesswork. Mm-hmm. I mean, I so, think when the SG-1000 came out. I mean, I don't know if there really was a way for them to have known what the future would have held, held for right. it. Yeah, that makes sense. And they probably went in thinking, you know what? We're going to give the NES some competition. Yeah, and they did. But, I mean, they did. They did, right. But in the long result, it didn't survive. Right. Yeah, you're right. It didn't survive. So anyway. So sorry. The, no, no, you're fine. So the SG, the SG-1000... The first, it was Sega's console, or excuse me, cartridge-based home video game system. So it was, it was in competition, direct competition with the the NES system. Uh, the system itself didn't last very long, but it it was introduced in 1983, and I'm just trying to think of some unique things about it. Uh, I mean, and, and for the listeners, you know, if you have a chance, go check out the some of the images of the consoles. It's interesting to see how the evolution worked there. Sega, I think, has the most straightforward, like actual evolution. Like you can mm-hmm. see their design changing oh, yeah. from each one to the next. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's the coolest part. Nintendo sometimes just totally just they uh, goes crazy. Yeah, they're off the road. I mean, they they really haven't been. The Xbox does a decent job. I think PlayStation does a decent job, but I, mm-hmm. none of them are straightforward to me. Atari, obviously not. Right. Uh, it. It three three D O, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I think the most straightforward is Sega's. Um, I've never played an SG one. Yeah, me either. But they did come out with um, kind of learning from their mistakes. I guess some of the things Sega. Yeah. They they did come out with the uh, Mark two version, so the second version. Like Iron Man, gotcha. Yeah, exactly. Like the Mark two version <laughs> of the uh, console, which solved some of the design flaws. In the uh, what, in the what kind of flaws did they have? So, right. So the, the thing that they were leaving out was their card-based system. So we talked about the card-based yeah. system earlier. That was a part of the SG-1000 
Mark II, awesome. but it wasn't included in the in the in the first model of the SG one thousand. Huh. Well, I mean, I think that's always a positive. I mean, I yeah. think cartridges are cool. Yeah. Uh, but the card made more sense. Right, and it, it then that was a year later. So I mean, they had time to kind yeah. of learn from the mistakes. Nineteen eighty four, they get they launched with that with right. the Mark II. Cool. So yeah, I thought it was pretty neat. The next system, so I mean, I guess we're just running through the systems now. The Sega Master System, no, which what, is the Genesis, which is the Genesis. What do you What do you know about the? No, no, no. The Master System is. Oh, I'm sorry. The Master System. Well, I was thinking Mega Drive. I'm, yeah. My apologies. That's the Master cool. System. Uh, I played a Master System. I'm sure your brothers played a Master System because right. they were massively popular everywhere but the U.S. Right. Pretty much. Well, South America. Yeah. Um, I know because my brother went down there and he was like, man. They still play a lot of Segas. Like, you can buy games <laughs> on the street yeah. corner. Uh, and he went to Central America, Costa Rica, and he said that they, they are familiar with the with the Master System. Right. And then yeah. uh, Ireland, for some reason, a lot of Irish people, when yeah. they they don't say the Nintendo, like we'll say, remember they used to be on Nintendo or whatever? Yeah. We use Nintendo. They are fond of saying the Master System. And, and I noticed that too when I traveled overseas as well. Um, Interesting enough, in 1985 is when they released the the uh, Master System, but it was called the uh, Sega Mark III. So, Which makes sense, because I'm like, that's a lot of, I mean, pretty much they're going year for year now. Right. Like, in 83, they released the SG-1000, the, the SG and then, then they got the Mark II. Right. 84. 84. 85, they're all ready to... Mark III. Or, yeah. So, I mean, I guess, yeah, chronologically, that makes perfect sense to me. Well, I mean, that. it makes sense. I'm just saying, yeah, I don't think, in my mind, I wouldn't have called it a new system, because, yeah. Jesus Christ, could you imagine if, if like, Microsoft went... Apple and started releasing a new Xbox every year. Yeah. They're like, it's the Xbox S. It's the Xbox Pro S. Oh. Right. Well, you know, and we yeah. see a little bit of that now, but not to that extreme. No, I do. I mean, there's we'll, we'll, when we get to those shows, we'll talk about it. Yeah. But the whole uh, incremental generational, yeah. I, I'm not a fan. So Yeah, because you're kind of saturating the... Market system. Well, you, you cannibalize with, your own yeah. market is what what gets me. Like your your market capture is what it is. Uh, you've got Xbox people, and right. then you make a system that all of a sudden messes up your own ecosystem. And right. I don't understand doing that. Just move on, and then people that are fans of that system will buy that system. Right. Yeah. But when you make just a minute like change, it seems there's no real. I can't understand the thought. Other than people that have to have the newest, there's no reason to go from an Xbox, the Scorpion or whatever, mm-hmm. an Xbox One to an Xbox One S or Pro or whatever. Right. Anyway, there's not uh, a yeah. job. I mean, there. Yeah. I mean, there's a bump, but it's not enough of a bump to call it a generation. So in my mind, it's not enough of a bump to make people want to buy it. Right. So I don't know why you're doing it. Um, it's, just, it's the same system, just. And Sega, well, Sega will more. do some of that. Sega will do some of that in a minute uh, mm-hmm. as we go through their history. Right. So, uh, anyway. So, the this system was cons- was released as a direct competitor to the Nintendo Entertainment Center, the NES, or system, sorry, the, uh, the NES. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, in my opinion, that, uh, that they released this, that they considered this system the direct competition instead of the SG-1000 or the SG-1000 Mark II. Right. Um, and so, that kind of just says to me... Maybe they're using this as a, as a jumping off point to say everything that happened in the past was just us getting our, getting ready yeah. for this new system. I mean, I would say that they built theirs, they learned from their mistakes, and then they learned from Nintendo 
That's one, two, three. Yeah, and, and I think that's fair. I think that's absolutely fair. Um, the Sega Genesis was actually released. It was the first. It was uh, Sega's 16-bit home entertainment system or their home entertainment console. No, it wasn't. Was it the first 16-bit? No, it wasn't the first 16-bit, no, but it was there. Yeah. It was Sega's first 16-bit. No, I know. I know. I, I, yeah. I'm sorry. I know you're telling them. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking. Yeah. All I meant. No, no, no. You're fine. The, um, it was the third mm. console and the successor to the Master System, which I thought was cool, that they're still moving along this progression. And they come up with really neat names. Like, it seems like their names evolve. The naming conventions evolve as they move forward as well. You've got the the SG-1000, the SG-1000 Mark II, the SG-3 or the Master System. Now you've got the Sega Genesis or the yeah, Sega yeah, Mega yeah. Drive. And, you know, Genesis being the beginning. Right. You know, so I think that's just a, a really interesting way to sell a product. Because you're doing, you're doing a couple of things with the marketing or with the naming convention there. You're, you're saying that this is our beginning. Or something new. Welcome to the next level. That kind of that kind of situation. Ah, I see yeah, what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or excuse me, the Sega Genesis had some issues where uh, there were people trying to reverse engineer the Sega Genesis, and that ended up having some uh, some marketing sh- challenges there too because Sega ended up having to uh, Sega of America, in fact, ended up having to be involved in litigation with the company in order to keep them from being able to release. Their uh, their system that they that had just been created, which was a direct copy of the Genesis. Because uh, believe it or not, you know copyright infringement is a big deal. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. Know. I, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, I wouldn't download a car. So <laughs> right. Um, Sounds like someone's been sued before. Yeah. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, what is this suit you talk of? <laughs> like, yeah, that's great. How how is Mikey Mouse any <laughs> any way related to Mickey, Mickey Mouse? <laughs> I don't know. I've got the McDowell's copyright name not released. <laughs> so so while we're talking about the Genesis. One of the things that I think Sega did really well, well Sega of America, they they came up with. Well, there's that, but they came up. Yeah, with they that up like, That's what they did really well. <laughs> but whatever you're going, no, go ahead. So they, what they what they did was they took they had a, at this point in time, you know how when games are released in America or they're released now, you have a release date. Like we're going to release a game here. Well, up until this point, you didn't really have release dates for certain things like that. You got it like the date that you got the system in the store is when you could start selling it. So they had to work on creating this 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 hub. This uh, distribution hub network to where for and they did this for Sonic with the release of Sonic the Hedgehog two, they called it Sonic Tuesday, and they released the Genesis. And it's the worst idea ever. Uh, I'm gonna blame Sonic for this. No, because you know why? Because release days led to pre order, which led to DLC, which leads to season passes. So fuck Sonic Tuesday. So I think Sonic Tuesday was was. Was a fucking phenomenal idea. Idea, yes, and uh, and a, a really great. Uh, it's an example but of it's marketing. Like an genius. alligator man, you think you're going to have the strength of an alligator and really tough skin, and then you get like a racer head. So, <laughs> uh, while no, I no, agree, really. it's I, a wonderful idea. I thought it was a great concept, and it was implemented yes, well. Could, no, okay, it's it was, but paper. what it what it what what became of it is a bastardized version. I'll give you that. I just I have a whole rant against. All of that. 
so no, I'm just saying all of that that comes after it. Yes, yeah, Sonic Tuesday, very cool idea. Yes, it's cool that you can know with your friends and you can camp out. And I think we've all done that at right. some point. And uh, it's, it's cool stuff to do. Yeah, it, yeah. The point, the, the next point is they they it was a targeted release date for Sonic the Hedgehog to bundle into the Genesis systems. Now, did so, Michael Jackson show up? Uh, you know, I have no idea Michael okay. Jackson showed up, but I think the from a marketing perspective. Sega was strong in that aspect of, of their their execution. So they had a plan, they had a vision, they crafted this vision, and they executed the plan. The then the plan that was executed was to make sure that the that this game and the system was released to all of their uh, all of their distribution network at the same time. Because then you had you had this one day you could make a big press day out of it, and we still do this things type like that today. It's right. easier now. Uh, especially in the in the world where we have you know the downloadable content and the yeah. downloadable release dates and whatnot, it's easier to do that now. But back then, I mean, we're talking we're talking like what eighty? No, we're talking like ninety. We're talking about nineteen ninety two that time frame. Yeah, ninety two, seventy two. I mean, wow, 91? 90, 91, 92. It's it's uh, it's interesting to see that that's the kind of uh, just genius that I'm thinking uh, that I that we can see. Uh, I think it's genius to put that kind of. Uh, I don't think that's the genius place. move here. I mean, it is smart, but the, if there's going to be one genius move for the Sega, yeah, it's the fact that the Genesis, the Mega Drive, whatever you want to call it, came out when it did because Nintendo felt pretty safe with the NES. They did. Mm-hmm. The NES had been whooping ass, and they were like, "We don't need. We we're working on something, guys. Yeah. <laughs> we will release the Super Nintendo." And however, yeah. however. It will be very much uh, very late, mm-hmm. and finally, the reason why Genesis, the reason why the Genesis one wasn't that they built a better system than the NES. It was they built the next generation of systems, okay. right? And Nintendo was like, "Ah, oh, shit, we should uh, <laughs> we should release the Super Nintendo now because I thought they woke up." Well, because the, you were talking about, oh, well, the Nintendo just was better. It's like Genesis is obviously uh, better than the NES. We don't even consider them competitors. They were hardware. Well, exactly. But you have to remember, there was a year's gap between. Yeah. I think there was, was it two years between the Genesis coming out and the Super Nintendo? So at the time, anybody that was going to go, well, you know, this gaming thing, I might try that. You are going to get uh, Genesis because. It was a cream of the crop. It was better. It was newer. It had the hardware, and Nintendo wasn't looking to update at the time. They thought, no, we, we can hang on, which is, a com- which is a common Nintendo mistake. They just kind of play their own song, and... They're still making mistakes. Well, well, yeah, that's what I'm saying, though, but they still do that. They go, well, we don't care what the rest of the market is. We're Nintendo. We're doing this. And it works, so right. they have no reason to stop. But it is a mistake, I feel like, because right. the, the Mega Drive should have showed them that they were caught sleeping. Right. Yeah. And, and so, more to that point, you know, the Genesis came in... Uh, and they did release the Super Nintendo, so there was a little bit of a there was a little bit of a of yeah. A but I think there. I think in America the Mega Drive came out in '88. Oh, good question. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah Google that. Call. I'm pretty sure it came out in '88, and the Super Nintendo came out in '90. I remember it being '90, 90 '91, 1991. Uh, uh, yeah, you're right. '88 in in Japan, and then '89 uh, in the U.S. Yeah, and right. the, what I don't know when the Super Nintendo came out. I think the Super Nintendo was two years later, so nine. And, and it may have been because they were taking Nintendo does take their time to develop this stuff. Well, yeah. I think they were caught sleeping. I don't think they were. I think they were developing something, but I think that obviously 
when the Mega Drive hit, when Genesis hit, right. they yeah, had to put it in. So, well, right. And so what happened, put it in gear. kind of going back to, to Sega's, their overall strategy. So there was a bit of a, there was a bit of a, a conflict between Sega and Nintendo when the, the Super NES was released. But what happened, because the Genesis was already out making money and developing. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's, that was the smartest thing they did. The right. What got Nintendo with this, or rather the, the big confusion here or conflict, was that the Genesis was out for a while developing or getting a greater market share for Sega. Right. And Super Nintendo was released, but Super Nintendo was released and it wasn't backwards compatible. Up until this point, the, you could play Genesis games, and you had Genesis games, but you could also play, uh, what was it? Master, Master System games on the Genesis. So Sega had made their, their, their systems backwards compatible for the most part. Uh, I do believe you could still play SG, SG-1000 games on the SG-1000 Mark II. So, yeah, I know the, and when the cards came out, I think actually some of the old, if I remember seeing them correctly, some of the old Master Systems, the first generation of Master Systems, yeah. even had card slots. Right, and that's true. Um, I did recall that as well. Okay. But So that's the interesting point here is that up to this time, they're trying that backwards compatibility. But Nintendo said they didn't do it. I mean, they didn't say they didn't do it. They just didn't do it with the system, which I think was a was gave Sega an opportunity to capitalize on that weakness, that mistake. But, uh, I mean, I don't think there's a lot of capitalization there because when you look at the sales of, like, the Master System in America, at least. Yeah. Yeah, that means jack off. I mean, that's fair. So Sega actually had an, and because we're talking about this console war piece. This is the this, this is the is, real console yeah. Uh, yeah. war that kicks off. I mean, if you were alive during this time, mm-hmm. man, I don't even know what to sports teams. I, I mean, like we talk about fanboying right now that people are fanboying Xbox yeah. or fanboy a PS, but man, there was nothing like the actual companies right would be like. Hey, why are you gonna buy that piece of shit? And, yeah, you're right. Cancer. I mean, I don't know if they said it like that, but there was uh, huge. The, Sega had the big, the big t- attack ad. Sega does what Nintendo don't. Yeah. Or Nintendo can't, whatever. No, Nintendo don't. Yeah. Because yeah. it was Nintendo. Dough and Dough. Yeah. The, yeah. So, it, which I think yeah. is is yeah, you know, it's cringy, but and it's also what? kind of it's, it's awesome. And it's, it's like also. Tea. But so let's talk about it. It's also counter counter to Japanese culture. Japanese culture is one that focuses. I'm pretty more sure that's on, a Sega America ad. Like I don't true. Think. But once again, I said it earlier that Sega of America, the parent company, was Sega of Japan. Right, but so, that's I'm just saying, like Nintendo of America. I think it'd be interesting to see how they were able to do that. I don't under, think they did it in Japan. Is what I'm getting at. I think gotcha. that's an American yeah. culture, American ad. Yeah. Because that's our mentality. I think in Japan they're like. We will have both because it's just like manga. Adults read comics in Japan. It's right. totally legit. It's cool. I'm yeah. not weird there because I read comics. You know, <laughs> right. Uh, fit right in. So in America, though, it's different. I think the same thing in Japan. They were like, "Oh, well, you have the Famicom, yeah. and now you have the Genesis. Uh, no, no problems." Like yeah. here, we're very much like, "You already have one. Why do you need another?" Right, <laughs> which is, is actually counter. I would, I would think that, that would be the Japanese way of thinking. Like, we only need one. We, you do not need both. Why do you need two things, greedy American? <laughs> that would be that. I mean, that would have that would be how I would think they would think. Americans, but us, but us, it's, it's kind of counter. We're like, you only need one. You do not need a Genesis and a Super Nintendo. 
Uh, yeah, and I, and I agree. You know, I which slow man because he was rich. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you were that. Kid rich. Yeah, I that's kid, kid rich right there. Out. That's kid rich. I, you know what happened when I got a Super Nintendo? What was that? I had to sell my oh, NES. No, I was my parents were like, "You can't have one." Right, yeah, no, I was never so, about that. Uh, about that life. No, but my parent that would do. That was it. My dad's like, if I spend. If I spend a hundred and whatever thousand dollars this is to buy. A hundred and whatever thousand dollars. Okay. I don't remember the actual price of an NES. What a hundred thousand dollars. Uh might have been. Well, I that's actually a couple of tangents that we can probably Oh, let's do it. Tangents. (laughs) I found I found a good Sony ad too. Uh this is if you buy if you buy a Sega, this is Yeah, so that's my that's my favorite one. That's a, <laughs> that's that's a Sony No. That, that was, I meant Sega. One. Oh. Two. No, that's Jesse Ventura from Predator. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, But yeah, you're right. The attack ass between... So Nintendo, More basically the, that. Yeah, they, I mean, between <laughs> Nintendo and Sega, yeah, Nintendo stuck to the whole. We're not going to do this. We're not going to insult you or anything like that. But Sega of America kind of went in, went at Nintendo. I mean, they really did for for the longest time, and and I think that that was also part of what made them successful is the way they did that. <laughs> but but the uh, when we're talking handholds, handheld systems, handholds, handholds. Well, you might have been handholding. I don't know. The, hey, you're the one that said it, bro. Not the four hours after midnight. Yeah. After midnight, <laughs> y'all are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so in 1990, the uh, Game Gear was released. The greatest handheld of all hey, time. Sean, do you mind if I throw something out real quick? Yeah, no, no go, no, go, go ahead. Okay, we all. I think we all like the tech side of things. I looked this up myself because I didn't know. Talking about the Sega Genesis, who wants to guess the storage limits on a cartridge for the Sega Genesis? I bet it was... Uh, Wait a minute, this was... Oh, God, was this in the 86 days? Like 200 yes. megabytes? No, or? no, hell no. Oh, Quite yeah. a bit lower than that. You're yeah, right. 30 realm. 32, but it wouldn't have been 32 because this was in the days when you had weird numbers like 58 or 62. Right. Before it got standardized, uh, yeah. well, because well, yeah, because the architecture wasn't worked out. Right. Yet. Uh, I'm gonna save fifty-eight kilobytes. Kilobytes? <laughs> <laughs> no. bigger than that. No, uh, uh, probably like thirty-two uh, megs, right? No, no, no. dude. No? Why are you talking about nineteen ninety numbers? Uh, Where are you? I uh, just four, four meg, four megabytes. Quick. For comparison. The God. Super NES cartridges were anywhere from 0. 0.25 uh-huh. to 6 megabytes. Golly. So, you know, just for comparison, I mean, back in 1989, hmm. I mean, you know, computers and stuff, I don't know, back then if they even had a gigabyte of storage, but we're never felt a gigabyte no, of storage. No, 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 it was not. There was no gigs. But, like, whenever they did finally come out with gigabytes... No one thought they were going to ever need more than a gigabyte of storage. Everyone so. says that every generation. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've been there. I was a. I remember getting a 46 processor and being like, well, now I'm on top of the world. I'm going to play games. Like Quake. Wow. Like, or uh, Descent, I think, probably, uh, was the, the game that I spent time with. That's really interesting, though. But anyway, yeah, no, that is cool because yeah. uh, people, I think, forget the, the there used to be a real limit to the amount of storage that were in games. Right. And some games suck because of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, at the time, though, I mean, whenever you jump from, you know, 
like I said, Genesis is like, oh, I, oh my god, the graphics are awesome. Oh, yeah. hey, well, I mean, like, uh, if you take it for, like, uh, Yoshi's Island or something, mm-hmm. you know, and think, oh my god, it looks pretty. I mean, like, well, they did amazing things with that color palette. Yeah. And the limitations of that system that made it look amazing. Yep. And I'm, I, I'm like, man, the game looks good today. And it pisses yeah. me off because it takes, like, four hours or whatever <laughs> now to down, like, all the, like, 180,000 gigabytes of yeah. uh, a game, like, all the DLC and the, all the extra add-ons. And right. I'm like, man, skin packs and stuff. And I'm like, mods. And I'm like, oh, god damn it. Why am I downloading it? Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> why, is it, why does it take, why, is it, why can't we do so much with, like, six meg? And then, and then I can download six gigs and still hate a game. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, speaking like back to good color and stuff like that, where we had earlier, the Game Gear had really good color. Y'all remember that game? Oh, the yeah. Game Gear? Oh, yeah. The, the, Game Gear, the Game Gear was like, uh, the Game Gear was Sega's first handheld uh, right. system. And it competed with uh, the Nintendo Game, game Boy, Boy, the Atari Linux, or yeah. no, excuse me, the Atari Lynx, and the NECs. Turbo Express, which nobody knows what the fuck the Turbo Express was. I mean, I, I didn't have one ever. Did you? No, I never had a Turbo. I played it. I had like six. Oh, word. Six Turbo Expresses. Six, six. Yeah, I mean. And you said I, I was I, kid rich. You were kid rich. You had Tiger Electronics. <laughs> yeah. You had all those Street Fighters and Mortal Kombat. Uh, you know what I was playing? I was playing the old school hand, best handheld of all time that was non-electronic. What was that? The water bubbles with the rings. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you don't know what that is, kids, I, I can't help you. I mean, you're right. You gotta look your, life, your life is not complete to yeah. play a game that's literally using <laughs> bubbles in water. And you just to make, press a button. It's not even a button. We call it a button. It's a like a rubber nib. A, you, a nib. A nib. Well, I don't want to say nipple and make y'all feel uncomfortable. It's, I, it's, I mean, it's a rubber. It's no, a piece of bubbles. Yeah. It makes a bubble, and you, when you hit it, it causes bubbles. To go into the water, the little water tank, in the water tank you hit rings, little rings like sonic rings, and there's little pegs inside the machine. Yeah. And you try to land the the hoop on the ring. Right. I mean, that's true. Yeah. And that's it. That's the whole game. And then when you're done, you just turn it upside down. You that. turn it upside down and do it again. <laughs> so what I thought was interesting and, and really sad at the same time was that despite being the the more superior system. The Game Gear never surpassed the Game Boy as a. I think uh, this is good. This is gonna show my Game Boy fanhood or not my Game Gear fanboyhood. It sold eleven million, I think. Uh yeah, actually sold eleven million. Yeah, that's right. Uh, wow, bravo. Yeah, well, I, I love the Game Gear with like a fiery passion, and people. It was a good system. I agree. People always crap on it because of the battery life, and yet again, I have one right over there. It works to this day. Yeah. Cool. Uh, you plug it in an outlet. Mm-hmm. And it goes forever, and that's what I I would play Madden, yeah. Madden ninety five ninety six all the time on the thing, and I love it, and it is the best designed handheld of all time. Now it's still considered a fourth generation system, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, um, the Sega Genesis was also a fourth generation system, uh, so they were released. I mean, they weren't released at the same time, but they were released together. Yeah, and it was uh, it was pretty much uh, if I remember the exact hardware of the Master System. Uh, the Game Gear was. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was based off the right. same exact hardware. Now, it had updated whatever they, you know, the new version was, but it wasn't built to Genesis standards. Right. That, it, would, no, be the, that would be the Nomad that came after. Anyway, you'll get to it. Right. Sorry. Right. No, you're, you're good. going the, down the, the road. The, the, the next system. system the next mean. system. So, this is kind of where I, I wondered about uh, where Sega's, their, uh, their naming convention. Was. Yeah, right. 
the Sega CD. Uh, let's come up with a different name for it. I mean, I was, no, I think at the time that was a smart thing because don't forget, CDs were like the new thing. They yeah. all had tapes. Someone like, oh shit, it's a CD. Right, and the <laughs> Sega CD was released around the same time that the. Uh, well, actually, let, let's, let me step back a little bit. You're right. The Sega CD was was interesting because it could play audio CDs and CDGs, which CDGs yeah. are the are the uh, CDG is what oh, you yeah. use for the karaoke machine yeah. stuff. Yeah, though that's what that is, and I thought that was pretty neat. But what is interesting to mention is that Sega was working; they were in discussion. Sega of America was with Sony, so this is about the time that they were working on. They were talking about a system together, a joint system that they could they could launch that had the CD based technology. Just like Nintendo. Right, but Nintendo <laughs> screwed everyone over when they were in that in that world in that environment, and sadly, due to some internal struggles and and, and involved in uh in marketing ideas and strategy, uh, Sega did the same thing. Yeah, and that's why we have PlayStation. That's exactly why we have PlayStation. Uh, but the Sega CD, have yeah. you guys ever used the Sega CD? Oh yeah, I had one. Kid rich. <laughs> Richie, rich over here. Uh, he's the only one of the three of us actually. I never had one. I had a friend that I had. A, I had a kid, rich friend. So, so we got the same CD. Richie, Richie, Richard. We, we got the same CD Richie from Pawn Shop, but yeah, yeah. Oh well, excuse me. Yeah, kid. <laughs> I had to buy a used Bentley. Buy a used Bentley. You're an ass. My maid got Tuesdays off. You're an ass. <laughs> I did have a maid. <laughs> See, kid rich. Probably had clothes that didn't come from the thrift store, too. Yeah. Well, what's shit. a thrift store? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly my point. The grocery <laughs> store, Shalom goes, and it's like, what is this place? It's where food comes from. Mm. This is not a kitchen. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't have any idea. No, what, Reginald, what is this? <laughs> yeah. he, said, he said Sears, and I was immediately, for all the old people out there, I was immediately like service merchandise. <laughs> Oh, oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> you mean service merchandise? Yeah. Oh. Um, so anyway, you ha- you had your fancy Sega CD. Yeah, Sega CD was one. Like, what games were on this? Can I? Man, so they had Sonic CD, but what I had was Pitfall: The Mind Adventure. Yes, that was a freaking amazing game. It was the best yeah. game. Yeah, uh, that was, and and we had that, and we had Star Wars Chess. I knew that, which was pretty cool. We actually did play that. Yeah. Friend of uh, me and Chris had it, and we, we, we would do it, and that was, that was it. And then the, uh, not to jump you ahead, no, but I guess you're going to talk about the 32x. I am going to talk about the 32x at some point. Okay, but the uh, this was released as and is considered part of the fourth generation of video game consoles, the Sega CD. Part of the reason why is because it was an add-on. You couldn't play. Yeah, you couldn't have the Sega CD without having the Genesis attached. Again, they create I, I all the things I hate. Generational in- increments. Yeah. Thanks, Sega. <laughs> but but the interesting thing is you didn't have to worry about backwards compatibility at this point because you had a Genesis attached to the right. Sega CD. So and I thought it was, it was really only neat. the size of a briefcase. Yeah, that was say, the, when the he, big challenge there. When he touched that. I mean, it's it fit big. really nice though. It, it did really, fit nice. It's one of the best add-ons. Yeah. Uh, I'd say it and like the hard drive for the PS2 were like some of my favorite. I actually have a hard drive of PS2. So I know, but it's, that's the thing. is like it's internal and no one knows it's there, and you just slide it in. Right, it's great. Right, props wow. to Sony on that one, but indeed. But props to Sega on the fit of that, which they will undo when you get to the thirty-two. Yeah, yeah, clearly, <laughs> like ET. So this was released Real December twelfth of nineteen ninety-one, I believe, and that sounds right. Uh, in Japan, though, but it wasn't released until in the U.S. until. 
92. Yeah, it was yeah, like so a, year a year later. later. Yeah, that's when it was released here. Because I remember reading, at the time we had these things called magazines. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I remember picking was, up on maybe an electric... Electronic Gaming Monthly magazine. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, yeah. So do you, I was do you a remember subscriber to Nintendo Power. There you go. Remember those? Yeah. I do remember those. They existed for so long. Do they, are they still around Nintendo Power? I don't no, think so. No, I think they cut that year. I, 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 I thought so, but I'm like, uh, it was, Game Informer was the last magazine I kept. Just yeah. because I had a, a GameStop membership. <laughs> and right. they gave it away. <laughs> and then they, they were like, you want the digital? I'm like, no, I actually don't want the digital. Yeah. And the guy was like, no, no, the digital is the best. And signed me up for digital, and uh, I never renewed because of that. So thanks, yeah. GameStop. There's your lesson. Uh, you want something I'm never, never going to go. I'm never. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like I understand to the like the 20 year old. It's stupid that I want a paper thing. Right, uh, right. But at the same it. time, I'm like, no, I want the paper thing. I, no, I totally get it. I mean, I like to have tangible music. Like instead yeah. of having everything digital, I would like to have. I would like to have uh, a physical copy of it. Right. That's how I music. feel about games because I'm like, yeah. I don't want. I don't want my stuff to crash, and then they're like, "I'm sorry, you you don't own this anymore." And right, like, right. But, but I did. I bought it. Exactly. But well, the, no, nope. No record of that here. So, how familiar are you with FMV, full motion video? Oh, is that what they use on like the? Go ahead, talk about what you're talking so about. So, full mo- full motion video was kind of was a new thing, and this was in, with the advent of the CD technology. You had you had that that could be incorporated into games, so it's kind of, it's motion video for movies, but or movies that right. can be added to your game, um, and we see a lot of that. From I was going to say the Zelda CD games, was it the ICD or whatever? You know what I'm talking about? The, um, the Zelda games that you played off of the CD. I'm trying to remember. Ah, anyway, but that yeah, it sounds familiar. What what you're saying doesn't. But it was a big it was big with the Sega CD system. Uh, that was a kind of a big change that Sega had. And or rather, Sega had with this with this well, sis, particular system. Uh, they were using CD-based games, and it, it added the extra hardware functionality to be. And it also had the, the uh, faster processor and bigger, again, faster, and stronger, stronger. Black. I mean, it, it, it added black. more black. It added more black. We're not, it's not a thing. I mean, you're you're right. being legitimate here. True story. Uh, they sold they sold about two point two uh, two point two four million units. Not a whole bunch, but again, March of '96 is when they when they discontinued the system because they wanted to move on to the next system. It was the Phil, it was the Philips CDI. Sorry to go back to the Zelda thing. Okay, uh, it, yeah, it used full motion video cutscenes. So I was right. Uh, sorry, no, no, I, no, it fine. was horrible. Um, but <laughs> it was horrible. Oh no! It, they, literally, Zelda does not acknowledge that they exist. I don't think Nintendo acknowledges they exist. Wow! They came out on the Philips IC, CDI system. Yeah. Um, it was just like we never, we never did that. We never did that. <laughs> I mean, look at this thing. You've never seen it. It looks like a VCR. No, I've never. Yeah. Seen that. It meets HAL nine thousand, and it has like a, a rip off um, save control. Like that's. Yeah. Anyway, it was a fourth generation system. We'll talk about it in the. The, probably the extra show that's all the systems that no one yeah. cares about. The Forgotten Love. Forgotten love. <laughs> the Forbidden Love episode. Um, forbidden <laughs> Love. Forbidden Love. It was all the systems you're not allowed to say that you play, had or played or liked. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of which, what do you know about Project Mars? Uh, Project Mars was what led, if I'm re- if I'm remembering right here, going back to my old electronic gaming knowledge, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Project Mars was what they were developing at the time that Nintendo was developing Dolphin, which would become the N64, and it led to the Saturn, I believe. 
Uh, so close. It's actually the code name for the Sega's 32X. Oh, the 32. I yeah. thought you. I'm sorry. I thought you just skipped the 32X when I was when I was googling on purpose. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Was that Mars? Yeah, it was, was pro- that, Project uh, Mars. Okay. Yeah. So the interesting thing about the 32X was that uh, it had its own library of games, and all it was was like a. It was a giant uh, game gene. Yeah, I mean, it really was. It just fit in the It looked the like game. a mushroom. Yeah, yeah kind of like a mushroom <laughs> it gave, alien. You, it gave you a genesis, a penis. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess it, it looks did. like, you know what, this, this is the best way I can describe it. If you've never seen a fully functional yeah. Sega CD Genesis 32X, it looks like E.T. in, a le- in one of those Stephen Hawking wheelchairs. Like, that's wow. <laughs> like, one of the electric wheelchairs. Like, look, you have a picture on here, Cam. Can we see it? You have a scroll, scroll right down. Here. Look, there's E.T. in a wheelchair. <laughs> I'm, I'm cool. Yeah, it really does kind of look like E.T. in a wheelchair. It doesn't have, it doesn't have, you don't have the Sega CD on there. So you right, can, you, you, you don't. Know, but that gives it the little extra Stephen Hawking oh, hand on the side. What, Stephen Hawking's an amazing dude. He has a wheelchair. No, I'm talking about this, <laughs> the, the correlation that you just made there. Is, is So anyway, the 32X was actually released in the U.S. on, or rather in 94. So, and it was released as a way to enhance the graphics. So because, enhance, uh, enhance because the enhance. N64, I, I believe the N64 came out at this time, the Nintendo 64. Uh, uh, was it 95? Oh, uh, no, I think I believe so. We can look that up. Let's Google. We have the power. We have the technology. So, the uh, the Super Nintendo came up with that Mode Seven information piece, which was the graphical, the graphical, the graphical enhancement, and then uh, for the Super Nintendo. No, that's what they uh, for the Super Nintendo. Yeah, and then Sony. If I'm, I'm not Sony, Sega came up with what the hell is it they used for Virtual Fighter and Virtual Racing, uh, the Virtua system. Virtual, yeah, like the whatever it is that like if you play Virtual Fighter, yeah. the 3D uh, technology behind that was what Sega did at the time, right? Right. Okay. Which sorry, which, I'm not trying to be a no, 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 you're fine, you're fine. And uh, sorry, the 64 came out in '96. '96. That's right. I don't remember because I didn't get one right away. <laughs> so this was the thing they were they were racing. Uh, I'm talking they Sega and Nintendo. They were racing to come up with a system to keep keep. On the same cutting edge. I mean, this was the console wars we're talking well, about. Well, and it was fifth generation time, systems. They were, yeah, I was going to say, they were the only two real names in town. They were. Don't forget, uh, did, did Apple release the Pippin? I know they worked on the Pippin. Uh, I don't recall if they, if they actually released it. And 3DO was still going. Atari was releasing. Right. Yeah. Uh, system. Not really much of a competitor, but yeah. Turbo systems were out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, like all of these don't exist. I mean, people don't know today. There, there's still consoles that come out from other. Manufacturers yeah. and you know, I mean, whatever. So yeah. this was this was offered as an add-on to the Genesis. But the interesting thing was that Sega kind of abandoned it in in two, or excuse me, nineteen ninety six because they focused they wanted to focus more on the Sega Saturn. This is the thirty two X is considered a fifth generation system, uh, but all it was really was a, a just an add-on, another add-on. So I, I really like that Sega. Was able to come up with add-ons to enhance their 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 flagship system, the Genesis. But this one, the 32X, was considered a, a commercial failure because I agree with that. I mean, nobody really had it, and in fact, nobody was buying them. It only sold six hundred and sixty-five thousand units. That's kind of awful. Really, I mean, that's pretty bad, right? I mean, I've seen them, but yeah. I would not. I'm not going to buy one just because 
I would never be interested in playing the games. I'm not that kind of completionist. Right. I mean, one day, I guess, if I win the lottery and I have all the systems and all the pieces and I'm yeah. left yeah. hanging around, I'm like, oh, look, 32 eggs. Yeah. <laughs> then let me buy that. So, uh, I mean, it led to, like I stated earlier, they stopped focusing on the 32X and then focused more of their time on the Sega Saturn. Which I think is a wise move. Agreed. Because that's Sega showed until the end that they knew what they were doing mm-hmm. in the battle. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem, I think, was they got they got tag teams on the on the Dreamcast, which we'll get. We'll get I don't yeah. want to, but at this point, they knew that building a 32X library, building it, wasn't going to help. No, it wasn't. It's no. also when Nintendo's like, we have... We have twice what Sega's got coming right. in, bro. So <laughs> that's just uh, true. They were like, "Well, guess we better work on making a better 64-bit system than you." Yeah. And at that point, I mean, do you feel like the 32X that Sega was almost trying to play catch up at that point? I do. Yeah, I do. Well, at the time, I mean, it came out before, right? It, it did come out before, but, but I think they were already. So when I, when I say why, the way I view they, they're trying to play catch up is they already knew. That the N sixty four was coming out, right? So because uh, Nintendo had already announced they were they had developed a sixty four bit <clears throat> or yeah sixty four bit system, right. so they're coming up with okay, well we've got this system here that we can enhance with this thirty two bit uh, module. So right now it'll enhance what we've got in the pipeline. Right now, right, we can worry about the advancement later on. You know, so I, I think they pulled a Nintendo on themselves at that point in time. If that's yeah. that's the thing. Well, they definitely pulled what I would call an Nintendo at the end. So listen. Yeah. So the Sega Saturn. <laughs> the end is yeah. coming. The Sega Saturn released in 95. Yeah, it released in 95. And it was still considered a fifth generation system. It was 32-bit. I mean, it's got the 32-bit system architecture there. Uh, it had dual CPUs, which I thought was kind of neat. Uh, we, we don't see a lot of cross-threading, like, or not cross-threading, sorry, it's wrong term. We don't see a lot of, of dual CPU usage in game systems, consoles up at that well, point. Well, yeah, at that point, yeah, I was yeah. saying. Because like, so, it, it happens from time to time, and then you have multi-cores and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, at the time, it was really something because, yes, it was 32-bit to 64-bit, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it was pretty sweet because it ran so smooth. Yeah. And I don't know if uh, you guys ever played Knights. Yeah, Nights into Dreams. I love that game. I wasn't real familiar with it, but if it. you ever played it, it was mind blowing. It because, was because like you could fly, and you would go above the city, and you could see the entire freaking place. Like it yeah. didn't have boundaries, pretty much. Right. Uh, I mean, graphical boundaries. Like you could look around and see it. You know, it was cool. I mean, now there were things you would learn, but at the time, that was something you never got. Right. But what's so crazy is up until this point. Sega has released a Sonic game with every system. The Sega CD had Sonic CD. I, I, I'm not going to go back to how how ridiculous of a naming convention that is, but <laughs> they, uh, you know, the Genesis had Genesis had Sonic the Hedgehog two. What about the 32? They had the 32X had. Uh, was that? I missed this. Sonic Pinball. It, it was a well. <laughs> Sonic Spinball was a game, but that was actually for the Game Gear. No, uh, I'm just being... But yeah, there was a Sonic game released for the 32X. I can't remember the name. I think it was just a, a port of one that was already in play. Uh, so it may have been Sonic Spinball. But the point I'm making is there's been a Sonic game for each system. Mm-hmm. The Saturn didn't have one. Oh, that's why That's why it didn't do well, you uh, say? Well, well, I mean, there's more to it than that, but they didn't have one. Uh, the 64 was released in late 1996, and that was the direct 
uh, that was the direct cause, I think, of the, uh, based on the research here, it was the direct cause for the Saturn's dismal, or rather abysmal sales in the uh, in that year. Uh, so ultimately, if there was a comparison between the 64 and the Saturn, the 64 won over, uh, which is interesting because the, the Saturn was a CD-based system. You would have expected it to do better. Right. Uh, but no, it didn't. Um, well, I, yeah, go ahead, Justin. Sorry. No, it doesn't mean good. I'm going to say two, and see, even though Zach was 64, yeah. I mean, how many games can you think of off the top of your head that you still remember playing to this day? Um, Mario quite 64, a few. Mario 64. Star Fox 64. Yeah. You say Mario Sunshine for me? I'm not going to say uh, like GoldenEye. Can we talk about GoldenEye? Perfect Dark. Perfect Dark. F Zero. F Zero. Smash Brothers. Smash Brothers. Donkey Kong. Yeah. So how many games did '64 create that to this day is still rememberable and uh, quite a few? Yeah. yeah. But the Saturn, not so many. You know, lots of Nights in the Dreams was amazing. Exactly. Yeah, but that yeah. was like it yeah. was Vector Man on there. Uh, you know what? Vector Man wasn't on there, but it was on the 32X. Yeah. Well, what about Vector Man 2, though? Also on the 32X. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. What about Vector Man 3? Um, not existent. <laughs> not yet. It should be. Uh, you, Vector Man was a cool game. Good game. <laughs> Fantasy Star? 40. Fantasy Star. Ah, uh, 44 Star. <laughs> so, speaking of Fantasy Star, Fantasy Star was a game that was released on the Dreamcast. Uh, and the Dreamcast was... Released in well, 1999. Fantasy Star, Fantasy Star came out on the Genesis the way back one. in the yeah, day, right? Yeah. Well, so, so let me let me clarify. Fantasy Star Online oh. was, was released on the Dreamcast. Yeah. So so Fantasy Star Online was a concept that was ahead of its time. I think. Okay. The Dreamcast. Well, is a system. Yeah. Let's go ahead and get into the Dreamcast because yeah. this is the Dreamcast this is the last system. system. Yeah. And then we'll talk a little bit about the publishing stuff, but that's really bullshit. Yeah. So, so the Dreamcast itself was was ahead of its time, you know. We and we kind of talked about that earlier. The Dreamcast had the ability to play online. Yeah. Uh, Sega actually worked out a deal with Time Warner Cable, I believe, and where they would use the Time Warner Cable setup to uh, port into the uh, to the Dreamcast. So that's right. how you would get online with your Dreamcast. And you would play with other people online. So this is the introduction of the multiplayer online type systems and games or arena that we see now. Didn't it have... Um, I remember for some reason it had like Windows CE? Something like that, yeah. I remember it having something like that on it. It's a uh, it's an interesting system. And you yeah. can boot a lot of things to it. You can. Um, it's really kind of open in that way. Yeah, it has its own built-in modem. Um, yeah, no, no, it's completely cool. It's ahead of its time. Yeah, um, so this day is still one of my favorites. The, the, the packs, the packs actually had different functions. They would go into the controllers. Some functioned as like a health meter or uh, inventory or whatever mana source. Some had little micro games, like if you yeah. save games in them, you could do them. Some would just like rumble, right? Uh, it, extra vibration, some would light up even. Like, there's mm-hmm. just, they all did these. It was such an interesting idea that we see, like, with the DualShock uh, yeah. bring in. Microsoft does it. But also, the layout, it's a big controller, which seems to be the way people are going now. Controllers are getting big again. Right. Strange, but they are. It's strange, true, but it's actually not that big. For, hold on for a second. Uh, if you got something to say about it, do it, because I want to show you something because it's really interesting. Everyone yeah. thinks that the Dreamcast controller is huge. 
I mean, and it is a big controller. It, it was big for the time, for sure. Well, it is, but look at this. I'm holding this, and I'm holding the Xbox 360 controller, one of the best controllers. If you overlay them... They're almost... It's yeah. bigger. Yeah. I mean, the the Xbox... The Xbox controller. the same width, as far as... It, it, yeah. it hangs out. This design... They're almost the same in with terms the, of... The designs of yeah. the pockets, they're almost the same. The only thing that changes is you have a giant port for cards. Right. right. Whereas you have a battery pack on this one and it adds an ex- the, the Xbox adds an extra joystick right that so, is it so, it's so I mean that's that's a good point you know? it's, people don't realize because not only really a lot of people play Dreamcast right. but if you love the Xbox controller the 360 controller the one controller which is crap it's really a, a Genesis yeah. yeah it's really a Genesis yeah right. it's a Genesis controller shut up <laughs> <laughs> it's a Dreamcast controller man yeah and so what's interesting is the Dreamcast was released and its direct competition was the PlayStation 2. Uh, we talked Which about, murdered uh, yeah, yeah. everyone? Yeah, PlayStation everyone? 2 destroyed everything that was at that point. PS2 is I mean, one of the best-selling consoles it, it is. ever. And, you know, I mean, the Dreamcast, we could talk about how, how intricate the, the Dreamcast was, how, uh, how cheap it was to make. But ultimately, this would be the end of the consoles, the sixth-generation uh, would be the end of the consoles for Sega. Um, due to some internal strategy struggles and poor sales of the Dreamcast system, Sega announced in 2001 that they were adjusting their strategy uh, and were going to focus more on being a third-party software developer. And that's what uh, they do to this day. Yeah. You know, Sega, like I stated earlier, you know, they're still going strong as a third-party software developer. They've had their hiccups here and there. Uh, but I can't help but wonder what might have been had they continued down the console route. Well, I honestly, I think if they got to make one more, mm-hmm. it would have been really, really good. Yeah, because they make superior products. When we see well, that, I don't know about superior. They make good products. Fair. Because everything's superior when it's released, ideally, yeah, which Sega learned at the beginning. But the thing being that we've talked about this before, and Justin, you weren't here, so I'm going to mention it. Um, what we see with the Wii U mm-hmm. is what. Nintendo wanted when they made the when they made the Wii U is supposed to be the Switch. Right. The technology wasn't there. Right. And they forced it and it just was a thing. Right. I think the Dreamcast is very much the same way for Sega. Yeah. It was everything that they wanted and they pushed everything to the limits to do it and created new things to do it. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the world just wasn't there. there. With them, and I think if they'd had time to go back and refine that and make another iteration of it, would have been phenomenal. Would have yeah. been like the Wii coming back and bringing it right. back into relevance, or the Switch now coming back and being yeah. like, "What is this thing? It blows our blows our world away." Like, right? Uh, because we don't have operating systems. Even Microsoft, we don't have a real open operating systems on our consoles. Right. Right. I think Sega probably would have explored the idea of actually making it a computer gaming platform. I think it would have been the online that you don't see until the Wii Mm -hmm. with the ability to get online on it. I think they would have taken that because the Dreamcast has that. You can load a web browser. Yeah, You you can. Absolutely. So I think they would have given you an actual functional computer. Mm -hmm. And I wish they had. You know, I, I really, and, and this is where I'm going to interject my personal feelings here. I really feel like Sega as a company 
the way they came into the market as strongly as they did, they had the opportunity and they and they ran a lot of market share. They had a lot of market share for quite a sure. bit, quite a while. I really wish they would have been they would have looked at things and said, well, no, we don't want to just be third party developers. We want to continue in the software or the hardware development uh, aspect. And you know, and, and now we kind of see the difference where Sega was was separated into certain si- different silos. And you've got your creative marketing team, uh, they, and they've sold off a lot of their their assets. Mm-hmm. And now they they're reformed under um, under Sammy first S. Uh, what is it? Uh, CSK, which was the company that owned a huge portion of the the stock in the beginning, and they sold that stock to a company called Sammy. So now you know Sega isn't really. I think that we're we're losing some of Sega's identity that that Sega had for so right. long, and I mean it's really sad in my opinion to see that happen. Sega for me was uh, actually not a, an introduction when I was a child. Now, Shalom, did you have did you have Nintendo or did you have a Sega? Because this is console wars for me. Right. So the we had both. Uh, my parents were big. Not my parents. My mom was big on entertainment, but my dad was big on rewarding Money. us. Well, right, definitely money. But he was big on rewarding us for for uh, completing a task or something or doing well in school. So my sister did well. We had a Nintendo because it was Nintendo was new and kind of Nintendo came out before the Sega right. in the household. The Sega Genesis was the the first Sega system that we experienced, and it was with uh, Sonic the Hedgehog Two was the release uh, the release game. But my sister made straight A's that year. I was um, I think I was in the third grade. We, uh, she made straight A's. I didn't do so well. I think I made straight C's. That sounds right. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And so we we went to the store, which I think at the time was Sears, and we picked out, or my sister was allowed to get a Sega Genesis, and she got the one that came with Song of the Hedgehog 2, and I got to watch her walk through the store with this uh, box. What was the blue Sega for? Did anyone remember? Blue Sega? Yeah. It's a blue Sega, right? I don't recall a blue Sega. All right, well, I'm not. That sounds vaguely familiar. I'm gonna Google it because I'm like, I'm pretty sure there was a blue edition. Anyway, go ahead. You're oh, telling yeah, a story that uh, I assume was uh, Beth. Yeah, look, I'm, yeah I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not gonna put her real name out there. Yeah, well, yeah. that is a real name, but not the real. Well, name. I mean, I, I just said a real name. <laughs> uh-huh. but, yeah. Oh well, we've edited that. Yeah, <laughs> they don't know what we're talking about now. There was a bloop and then. And it's been a radio edit. Yeah. Radio edit. So she, um, so she got to walk through the store with the game console. My mom purchased it. Went home, hooked it up. Uh, she played it for a few minutes, but wasn't really good at it. I couldn't keep myself away from the game system. I really couldn't. So I had to wait until um, I, I had to make myself stop touching the game system and playing because I hadn't earned the right to play. But you know, that was my introduction to to Sega. So to answer your question, that was a long-winded answer of, yes, we had both. Really? <laughs> I, 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 I like that answer. What about you? Well, you got, did you get one when, when they came out, or was it a late edition, or what happened? No, to be quite honest, Desmond, I think you mentioned before, you kind of you grew up with the NES, right? Right. I was the same way, and uh, honestly, you know, when I was five, you know, my mom and dad got it. Technically, for me, when I was five, but uh, I think they more got it from themselves. <laughs> no, that's uh, that's how my parents so, were. The NES, I'm pretty sure, was my dad. Yeah. <laughs> it later became mine when I right, right. got older and I understand the concept of gaming. But yeah. now, Sega, um, 
As far as my childhood, I don't know if it was really part of my childhood as much as Nintendo was. Now, that being said, Sega did become uh, part of my uh, gaming life whenever I started getting older. Yeah. Um, I think actually the first Sega hardware I ever bought was the Game Gear. Mm, okay. I love the Game Gear. Yeah. People complain about it in the battery life. It's true. I mean, I'm not going. I'm not going to knock it. Right. But it's also true that we had rechargeable batteries. Mm-hmm. Yep. And there was an AC adapter for the car and for the wall. So literally no reason to complain. No. I'm sorry. I did it. I mean, I grew up. I had the. Blue, I know I had the blue one of that because I think the blue one on that came with the Lion King. Oh man. Why, why was it blue? Was, it was just blue. I'm pretty okay. sure I got it was blue. Uh, the one I got was blue, and it came with the Lion King. I know that. I don't know if the blue model was for that. It seems like it would probably be like a Sonic deal. Ooh, but thought. Probably so, because Sonic's been, I know we probably get into this at some point, but Sonic's really been the face of Sega. Uh, yeah. I and, mostly. Yeah. You know, for the most part. So, I would agree with that. But yeah, no, the, the Game Gear is one of my first consoles with them, and then um, I actually got to Dreamcast, and then... I was able to get my hands on a Genesis at some point hmm. after that. So, you know, they were long gone at that point. But uh, I'm trying to see. I think I was introduced to probably through uh, a friend that Chris and I had, Eric. He had, like, a lot of systems. So I think probably when we were kids, we went to his house and he had one. I don't remember anyone else having a, a Genesis that I played. Uh, I know I got one. But for some reason, I actually got a Mega Drive. So I don't know how that happened. Yeah, Mine was not a Genesis. Yeah. It was a Mega Drive. Like That's why when we had the question about the Master System, I said, is that the one with the switches? Uh, because the Mega Drive has Mega the switches. Mega Drive is the one with the switches. Uh, on the side. Right. That's how that's how my, my Sega came. When right. I finally got one, which was like 95. Which, which is weird because when I did, when I was doing research on the on the Sega consoles, which I, we're definitely going to get into. Right. Sure. We'll, we'll get there. Uh, I didn't see anything about the Sega Mega Drive system at all. The Mega Drive is the Genesis. Is the other name for the Genesis? Okay, yeah. so that's that's interesting because yeah. So okay, so was this was the Mega Drive the Genesis before the Genesis was a slimline model? Yeah, it, the Genesis. Uh, sorry, listeners, that you see there is the Genesis. Right. The one that looks like a cartridge. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, yeah. like with the. It's got it's like got it some red the, on it. Yeah, it has the ribbing and it says sixteen bit real big. Right. And it has your 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 levels and stuff over here. What I can't remember. Let me let me look at this picture to see what they were. I know it was like reset and start and all. And it, yeah, it was on and off, and then you had a headphone uh, levels mm, okay. that you ran up and down. That was it. Um, I don't know if my parents had it and we just didn't play it. Yeah. Because it's totally possible that the one we got. I don't know if it was the Mega Drive in Canada. Because hmm. um, it's totally possible that that's how I ended up with the. Because yeah. my parents got it and didn't like it and put it up somewhere. I don't know where it came from. And when my parents brought it, it was a it was a Mega Drive. Right. And there's a good chance that when it came out in like '88, '89, '90, somewhere in there, uh, that my parents just crossed the border because uh, we lived right there. And Edmonton's not that far, so they probably went to Edmonton and got a. Had a mega draft. Right. If that was what I was sold in Canada. Otherwise, I don't know. It came from Mexico or some shit. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, my friend Eric had it. Uh, he had the Saturn. I know that because we went and played uh, Nights. Nights yeah. of the Dreams? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought that was a... 
Yeah, okay, so it was a Saturn game, and then it was a Dreamcast port. Yeah. Okay. We, he had a Saturn, because the Saturn is the forgotten uh, Sega system, I feel like. Yeah, along with the it really 32, Well, along with Sega CD and 32X, mm-hmm. uh, which... I agree. He had those things. I know, because we used to laugh when we put it all together. Hmm. Uh, we would take the Genesis, and we would put the 32X on, and then you would slap on the CD, and it just became, like, a Transformer. <laughs> right. uh, and I, I don't know, yeah. then a Dreamcast... Dreamcast, I think, just suffered. We talked about this last time. Yeah. Suffered from the fact that it was just too advanced. I love the Dreamcast. I, I do, yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you guys remember uh, Crazy Taxi? Yeah. That oh was my a really God. fun game. Yeah. I love so that. I played that game a lot. Blitz was, Blitz only, was fun. Yeah, and every, Blitz. Everyone plays Blitz. I'm pretty sure Blitz was only in arcade and Dreamcast. Yeah. Right. So I don't know how everyone remembers Blitz. Yeah. But no one has a Dreamcast. <laughs> <laughs> the Dreamcast system was, you're right, it was ahead of its time. The controller, it didn't, the controller didn't help itself. Uh, no, it was real special. But it's not, uh, it's not uncomfortable. Like, that's right. the crazy thing. No, it's... It looks unwieldy, but I guarantee you, the first generation Xbox controller is a shit ton worse than that. The straight lines mm-hmm. on the edges help you hold the big beast that it is. Uh-huh. And the middle part's not a usable, whereas with the Xbox, the Duke is just... Like, you have to hold it, and it's almost like a football that you're trying to right. use. Hey, uh, anyway, that was my introduction, was I was, like, mm, 10 already, and we got one, and played it. Uh, a friend had a Genesis, and I, we played uh, F-22. Is that the game? Anyway, it was just a fighter jet. Uh, I believe that's correct, yeah. It was just the fighter simulator, yeah. one of the yellow okay. tab games, and we had it. I played it. I never liked Sonic. I've never liked Sonic. I think Sonic's bullshit. I feel like you're <laughs> an American. Yeah, I feel like uh, no. Sonic, Sonic, Sonic was the like worst game, and I'm so glad. Man, but I'm looking. I'm hopeful that the future of Sega is that Sega returns to the console. Games. No, they won't. And they'll never come back. So, what do you think? <laughs> what do you think, Justin? Um, we'll go back to the Dreamcast a little bit because I mean, like I said before, that that was my. Well, still today, one of my favorite favorite systems. You have the black controller, man. I really like I do. The visual Sega. You know what they say about black? Yes. That it shows dirt well? I don't oh, it does show dirt. It does show dirt. <laughs> like you wouldn't believe. It likes to get dirty. Uh, do you know that, Shalom? Uh, yes. Okay. <clears throat> uh, Dreamcast. Dreamcast. So, anyways... Like I said, going back to it, they release a lot of titles. I think that, uh, you know, like NFL 2K. Yeah, the Blitz. Blitz uh, was on there. Crazy Taxi. Crazy Taxi yeah. 1 and 2. Um, as far as the future of Sega, I don't think, uh, I'm kind of with Desmond, I don't think they're going to go back into the console business. Wow. Because at this point, I mean, either you have a... Xbox, PlayStation, and um, I think or the Switch. I think it would be and really hard. Not, not. I don't want to. I'm not trying to take over here. No, no. I think it would be really hard for them to come back in because of what he's saying. Because you pause there, and that pause is important. Because it's my you have you Nintendo doesn't have a problem. Here's why: because you have an Xbox or a PlayStation, and the words probably and a Nintendo. Right. Yeah. The problem is they were always second fiddle to Nintendo. After the Genesis. Yeah. And then when the PS2 came out, they became third fiddle. And then the Xbox came out. And they were like, all right, guys, we're pulling the plug. Because we are literally already know we're probably, at best, third place. Right. right. No one wants to be third place. 
Not when you no. have titles and you're like, I could put no money into it and just do use the titles and yeah. we can cut a loss and just focus on wins. So, sorry, uh, Justin. You were saying, no, I, and the only place I was kind of going with that and this may be giving us another tangent again, but what do you feel about the future of consoles? You know, everything is, if you look on this table where we're sitting at, how many mobile devices do we have? That's fair. Yeah. Quite a few. And Nintendo's already developing mobile games, like on Android, iPhone, uh, Super Mario Run. Yeah. I think yeah. is what it is. So I don't know for a Sega if they came back into the game right now, which as a Sega fan, I would love to see them do. And I would get it. But I just don't know if it would be profitable for them and what market base. I, you know what? I think you've actually hit the helmet. If, if Sony and Microsoft stay making just consoles. Nintendo is going to be Nintendo. Right. Do whatever they're going to do. Yeah. We don't damn well know. The only way I could see them getting back in the way you want them to get back in is actually to release a phone. Release a Sega phone. Partnership with somebody. Make a phone. An Android phone that runs an emulator for all your old stuff and has some sort of extra doodad for a new, to make something new. Whether it's augmented reality. Which is big now. So you're let let PC guys have virtual reality. Right. I know PlayStation is not going to buy it. I know Microsoft will eventually get it. PlayStation does have virtual reality. Yeah. No, I said they they've already oh, done it. That's and I, I I know they're going to follow it. I don't think Nintendo is going to jump on that train too soon. Yeah. I think it'll be a thing. But they've they've done something with the switches. Right. They put it in your hand, and they're going look. You're, they're going to go look. Why you want to wear a headset when you? I got it right here in front of me. Just, just, right. I mean, yeah, the virtual reality is a thing, and of course, you're a virtual boy. But <laughs> uh, the beautiful red lines. Oh, red man. lines. It was like Tron. But again, that was something where Nintendo pushed. That's pushed why I wear glasses today. <laughs> Nintendo pushed. Uh, <laughs> it didn't give you free LASIK when you put it on. Like, <laughs> uh, no. The thing with it, though, is I talked about this with the Nintendo. So I love the virtual boy because of this. It pushed the technology to the limits to make yeah. something that yeah. was supposed to be virtual reality and it works if you've ever played tennis Mario Tennis in there it looks good for what it is yes but it was Nintendo saying the same thing that they did with the Wii that happened with the Dreamcast we want to make a virtual reality set but this is what the world has to work with and it was more about showing the fact that it could be done and that's why I hold today yes there are virtual reality sets in gaming but the virtual boy is so important because literally the same technology just generations advanced right it's yeah. years years before. This is what a vibe is. Like, they took the technology that the, that the Virtual Boy did at the time and applied it the same exact way, and mm-hmm. now we have. So, I, I don't know. I think if they made a phone, they would capture a market that isn't out there. That that could work. Make the, Start making quality handsets that will let you play games that take augmented reality. Put Sonic in a Pokemon Go type situation where you have to run him around town. Not Right. A great idea. But uh, they, they can get with Sega, me. Sega, are you listening? Yeah. Sega can get with me, and uh, I'll explain them what kind of hardware they need to yeah. make a decent phone and also to make a handset that you want to play with. Right. I mean, do you think Sega could get away with making a newer, better version of the Game Gear? Yeah. yeah. Would well, that come out? I mean, not necessarily a phone. <coughs> no. Uh, but... You know, that would have wireless capabilities. Hold on, and I will. And I, 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 there's two options. Keep talking. Okay. Maybe something like a like a 
A, a shield. PSP or a shield, yeah. A shield would be ideal here. Shields are really nice devices. The shield, this this could work. Uh, make a shield. Little nice screen it's got and everything. This, yeah, yeah they, could get away, right there. they could get away with yeah. this. And it's different enough from a Switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That it, it doesn't matter. It still has a touchscreen. still doesn't. Better battery life, I think. Uh, takes cards. Do that. Do that. It would work. I don't know. Because that would. would, you know, that would get them back into a console mode. <laughs> that's, that's what I want to see them. I want to see them back in the console mode. Now, why? Can I ask why? Because I think that they, they've been a competitor in the past. And I think they'll bring innovation that we, we're not seeing yet. I mean, I hear you, but I'm, I'm just worried. I mean, I, in the in the age that we're seeing so many companies and whatnot, and I admit this is a complete tangent, and I apologize, mm-hmm. but in an age where we're seeing companies like Radio Shack fold, companies that have been here forever, years, and you know they're they're folding because they're not innovative, they're not remaining right. innovative. So right. you know, I always wondered about Radio Shack. Why didn't they just go to an all online based business? Because well, of Amazon. Because of Amazon, <laughs> right? But if they had done this ahead of time. And, and had been innovative. They'd used that idea to be innovative. They could have beaten Amazon to the punch. I mean, they have a niche market where they're selling they're selling electronic stuff to you. And now, Amazon does the same thing, but they could have specialized in it. And they could have made it to where, why would I go to Amazon for this when I can go to Radio Shack? But you know what? It's the Walmart problem. Um, okay. And that that's just the issue. Yeah, I could, but I could do all my shopping on Amazon. I can go pick up transistors somewhere, or I can pick them up here, and I can order underwear. Like, that's that's the issue. So the problem is, and this is, or rather the solution to that is, is you figure out a way to bring your customers to you because you take away some of the value you have at Walmart. You know, you that's how you compete with Walmart. You say, well, how, now, now this is broad scheme. You know, it's, it's a broad thought process. It's not one that says this is a, a macro solution. This is a broad solution for the problem. Um, you come up with a way to bring people to you that says you over here, here's your benefit from shopping with us versus going here. And I think that if Sega cross applies that to their own logic, the benefit of going with the Sega system versus any other system is X. Is why? Well, is duh. Like, I mean, know. but that—that—that's. I mean, that, like you said, this is definitely like a general idea. It's like I, I, you I, should make something that sells better than other people because it has something that <laughs> other people don't have. No, not, not necessarily what I'm saying. And a lot of that could just be marketing. It, no, I get, I get it, but I'm just saying, like, is a lot easier said than if it was that simple. You know what? Honda would have a system tomorrow. It's not. It, I'm just saying. It's not as simple as just like, well, you make a system and you market it really well and people buy it. Yeah. I mean, that's that. Okay. Uh, Uh, I'm just saying, like, you're right, but that doesn't make it easy and that doesn't make it, like, logical. Because the problem is that right now, they don't have to make any investments in hardware. Right. The PlayStation, the Xbox, okay, some mobile stuff, uh, PC, they, they go, you know what? You guys take all the risk. In innovating, right. and then pay us for games. Yeah, I think they started. Literally, they're making money for doing nothing at this point. They they release shit like this. This being yeah, Sonic's ultimate collection. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's a collection of whatever, like thirty some odd games. Yeah. All just mostly Genesis games. Good point. 
And guess what? People will buy it every time. And they they didn't have to make anything. They had, they had to pay a guy to put all the ROMs on, <laughs> all right, on one deal. And they do it. And it's just the risk mm-hmm. versus the money. Are they making as much money as Microsoft? No. As Nintendo? No. No. As, as any of the, the rent? No. But are they taking any of the risk? Can they collapse? Because the next Xbox, well, I mean, Microsoft kind of collects because the next Xbox, but Xbox could fold because the next Xbox crap. That's fair. Nintendo could collapse if the world died. Um, <laughs> Nintendo is just well managed, man. It has nothing to do right. with like their systems. They can just afford to keep making GameCube and Wii U's, and because they put their money wisely away. I, mean, I guess that's a fair point. Because they have a huge fan base. They yeah. do have well, a huge I mean, no, right. well, not only will people buy, but like literally, they're one of the best managed companies in the world, in my opinion. Just and they have a lot of money in the bank. Yeah, well, that's what because I think Chris and we talked about it last episode. Listen, if they start running a deficit now. Like 2050 would be when they'd have to like, well, we're we're going away, guy. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh it's crazy. Now we're wrapping up. So as we have to do, best console, best game, Sega, Sega, me. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I guess we start with our guest. Yeah, we can do For that. Sure. What's your what's your we I got I'm gonna guess I know what your favorite console is. But <laughs> go ahead and let the people at home know. For Sega. It was a Dreamcast. Okay. As far as a game, uh, shouldn't you? All right. Is that, is that, I'm sorry, not to be a... That is a saying again. Okay, I don't know. That's why I'm yeah. asking. Yeah, not to be a jerk. Yeah, so we brought a copy right here. Uh, I know. And, it's not uh, Shimu the Forever Man or whatever <laughs> the, the game. Somebody brought it up <laughs> on the... Shenmue uh, Onimusha, I think, is the game. No, no, no. no. Uh, it's like uh, the Forever Man. No. Uh, Mike from... The episode on uh, Operation Snow White oh, brought okay. it up, and we really thought he was making something up. And oh yeah, okay, yeah, I remember hearing about that. Yeah. And he he proved us right. Well, like I was amazed by that knowledge. So unfortunately, they were on that episode, so I couldn't ask yeah. them back to me here. I was like, well, you already did a show, so you can't have another show until right, right after it. I don't know, Shalom. Oh, uh, so my favorite system. Sega wise would have to be 32x, uh, most Echo the, with Echo the Echo Dolphin, Dolphin. SG1, uh, Streets of Rage 3. Me. Streets of Rage was amazing, uh, but I would definitely say Sega Genesis. The Genesis, because of its uh, the way it was innovative and how uh, for me it was new, something new. The graphics were new, uh, some of the games you could play were new, and some stuff hadn't they, they did some things that hadn't been done before up to that point. Uh, as far as game. You know what? I gotta give it to Sonic the Hedgehog two. He said, "I'd have to give it to Sonic the Hedgehog 2. You know what? I'd almost be tempted to give it to Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, what about Alex Sonic Kidd? Hedgehog three. Alex Kidd's poor, not gonna be a win. For me. Poor, poor forgotten. I mean, Alex like, Kidd. God, that game is terrible. In my opinion. <laughs> who was who's the original mascot? <laughs> oh, before for, Sonic. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's true, but I Sonic showed up and was like, "I'm sorry, bro, you've been replaced." It, it was legit. <laughs> and it was funny because then Sonic it was like. All of a sudden, uh, Knuckles showed up, and we were like, oh. "So I was like, oh, look, but guys, I'm, 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 I'm the mascot." <laughs> and then he held his spot. He held his spot. Sonic but and Knuckles was a really cool game. So Sonic when, and Knuckles is when you yeah. the, when you use the lock-on technology. So if we count, if you count the lock-on technology of Sonic and Knuckles, I would say Sonic and Knuckles with Sonic Three is my favorite Genesis game. I like. We let Chris do it yeah. on the Mario All Stars. Oh, we did, didn't we? Yeah. So, so that's my favorite game. What about you? 
Um, can I can I count this game the collection? You may not. Count <laughs> so it's all in one disc. It's loud. You did it. So Sonic's Ultimate Genesis Collection is the uh, oh wow is the pick. It's got Fantasy Star. It's got Vector Man Two. It's got Sonic and Knuckles. It's all on here. All right. So uh, it's for Xbox. That's what's great. It's a Sega game. That's why when you go third party, it's the best. Uh, favorite console? Shit. Uh, Dreamcast. Really? I thought you would say Game Gear. Oh well, you know, okay, console though. That's, oh, that's yeah, yeah. the that's, that's the kicker. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, the Game Gear is probably my favorite gaming yeah, device. Yeah. No, just general. I did, I just love it. But you know what? I just realized we're at the end of the show, and we didn't even fucking talk about the Nomad. Yeah, you know why? Because, because it's a worthless system. Uh, everyone's gonna give me <laughs> crap about it, and you know why? I think next time somebody gives me shit, I'm just gonna buy one. All right, and then I'm gonna play it while we're while we're doing the show. Be like, so sorry, what? I said what? No, it's awesome. Nomad. Uh, No, the Nomad is junk, but Uh, yeah, it was was garbage. I don't think there's a good library. It's kind of like the Vita, but that's that's a whole different ball. Totally, Um, totally ball of wax, right? Yeah. No, no, a third testicle. Which is okay if you have one. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, some people are. Yes. Why do people? Why does anyway? I give up because I said it's a whole different ball, and you were like of wax, of yarn. I'm like, no, it's a testicle, of course. So it's a uh, of baskets. It's a ball of basket, basketball, if you will, a ball of socks. Yeah, soccer ball, if you will. Uh, yeah, no. So, just any final thoughts on Sega, the history of, or the consoles, the console war. That went on in the mid '90s. I would like to throw this a little more facts sure, at you. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, I looked this up. As far as uh, Sega franchises, um, top five. How many you think you can name? This is everything Sega's well, ever. Well, all made. of them now because I'm looking. At yeah, them. you're looking. Yeah, you're looking. <laughs> so no, you're no cheating there, something. Right. Say uh, Sega. Sega. Wait a minute. Franchise. As far as far as a game, like so, Sonic. How many? Uh, how many? Sales, you think that's generated? Just, just Sonic as a as franchise. a franchise. Oh Jesus, I would say three hundred million plus. You are very close, my friend. Three hundred fifty million. Yeah. Wow. Uh, next one, not uh, even close to Sonic, but um, oh wow, Fantasy Star. No, I, I probably would have guessed that too. Uh, Puyo Puyo. Oh yeah, I forgot they make that. I'm going to guess under 200 million. You are correct. Like 180. I'm not looking. 22 million. 22, wow. So, of course, second. Number three. Oh, I have no, 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 no clue. Frogger. Oh, yeah. Frogger came in. It's number three at 20 million. Yeah, I was going to say. Shalom, number four. Oh, yeah. You could probably even guess this even if you weren't looking. Total War. Total War. Yeah. Total War is 20. that low? Yeah. yeah. And that's got to be about the same, right? 2018? Million? Million, yeah. Uh, 20 million. Yeah. And then number five. It's yeah. one of the... We mentioned this uh, franchise earlier. Vector Mint. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 2K? Yes, actually. NBA 2K, to be exact. Uh, coming in at five mm-hmm. at 17 million. That's nuts. So, you know... And there's top 15. Oh, Shimagami Tensai is on there. That's awesome. Akuza I don't believe there. it, but those are not great numbers either. Yeah, no, they're really I mean, not. Sonic, no. so, so they had Sonic and they had the Genesis, I feel like. Yeah. So it's feel me feel bad. It just tells you anything, though. 
So um, this justifies your love of Sonic. Yeah. And my love of Sonic as well. He's outsold Mario? Not. Well, I mean... No, that doesn't mean he's better or not. Doesn't mean he's better or not. But uh, I think Sonic is one of those characters people love him. Yeah, Sonic has made Sega, uh, according to uh, what I found online here, as of 2014, five billion dollars. Whoa! So that's some Star Wars level money. Serious money, yeah. So, so uh, you know. So, anyways, yeah. Just in case you're wondering. Well, I wonder. Wonder Sonic should should just be his own thing now. You know, they, they should they should they should license him out and let him just be everywhere. Well, he's in Nintendo games. I mean, yeah. no, but I mean, just I mean, like you should have shirts, you should have toothpaste, you should, you should have socks. You should, I mean, I know toothpaste, but I'm just saying everywhere, like cups. He should be hawking whiskey. You know, everything. Kind of like spaceballs. Yeah, spaceballs is a cup or yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I get it. No, I mean seriously, like Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Star Wars, the everything. Yeah, Kleenex, boom, right there. <laughs> so you should, you should have like Sonic Kleenex, Sonic. I'm sure they make it they limited, do. but I'm saying like no. But if you go to the Kleenex aisle and you want to buy Kleenex, that is literally like what's there. Gotcha. So I don't have to go online and order like special Sonic Kleenex. They should just have it anyway. Gotcha. Sega, R.I.P. Because you're not what you once were. It's fair. I did, I did love it. I mean, I, I'm not a Sonic man, but but so many good games, so many good systems. Yeah, yeah. sure. I mean, and the Genesis and the Dreamcast and the Game Gear and the Desmond. You said this earlier too. Uh, even like when my Xbox boots up or my Wii U boots up. I'm sure you do that. Probably do this as well. But you ever go say? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know you yeah. do. Yeah. It's the best part. Even on like the Game Gear when it didn't happen, they would just go nee, nee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I wish that we had that branding. Um, I think the best one besides that is what uh, Microsoft does. Where it's like, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's kind of cool. Whatever. Right. But nothing beats knowing that you got Sega because it goes Sega. Right. Like, yeah. So that was a. Very um, righteous feeling. See, and if they had the phone when it booted up, that's what it would do. Turn on. And it it would, right. I would actually sell it right there. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. You just that would be the whole ad for me. Is like somebody would be doing it would like be playing on a bunch of different devices, and he'd be like, "What are you doing?" He's like playing a game. He's like on your phone. Yeah. He's like mobile gaming's dead, and he's like turns it on and he goes, "See," and that would be it. <laughs> that, that, cut, cut to black. Sega, I really hope you're listening to this because that is that's cut gold. to black, that's and gold. it's just like. Wait a minute, what the... F- like, everyone would be like, what is going on? Yeah. Is that a Sega phone? Or is he just playing the emulator? And Either way, it drums up that whole And then, like, it would, it would say, like, the whole whatever it is, and then it would just show him. So you know it's not just a phone. Right. It would show, like, a guy doing it, everyone with their devices just, like, behind him watching. That's cool. That's it. It so doesn't actually show the device. It shows... Yeah, just, but, like, it would be the front, it would be, like, the back of a phone. Yeah. And him, like, everyone else just like, what... I feel like you, you've maybe thought about this. A little no, bit. you brought it up. I'm like, why, how would they come back? And I was yeah. immediately like, there's one way that I've always wanted to see done right. Mm-hmm. And that's a phone. Because, like, think about it. Nintendo does it with the Switch. They do it with a tablet. Yeah. Phones are small tablets. Right. Makes sense. So see. just, you're, you're copying, literally copying their success. Yeah. But then, you make a phone. And it's like, Nintendo didn't do that. So my, so my final thoughts on Sega are, I really want them to stay around for a long time. I hope and they come I hope up they with come back. I hope they come back with new games. 
Yeah. That would be nice to see. That would be nice to see. I want to see them come up with some good IP, as I do all studios and developers. Yeah. But I also want to see them take some of the classics. Like, we're joking about Vector Man 3. Uh, I would love to see Streets of Rage redone. Like, Doom Doom has been redone. Yeah. Bring that. Where's that at, bro? Yeah. Uh, Do that. Sonic could be could be just as successful as Mario. He's proving that. I don't know why he's not doing yeah. new games that are better than what one. Because it seems like Sega thinks that a Sonic game has to just be a Sonic game. Mm. And they never vary from that. They take the new technology, they make it prettier, they make it 3D, whatever. Yeah, I'm sure they'll make it virtual. But they never develop the gameplay. They never vary from the same basic idea of that bothers me. I think that's why I don't like Sonic. I see. But that's it. That's my thoughts. I got you. So we, we, we now fade away. And if I can just bring up one more game, I just uh, I don't oh, know God. No, it's like, a, it's a horrible game. Whatever it is. Uh, oh, it was a horrible game because oh, well, it, 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 it was a perverted game. What game is this? Shalom, I know you had at least three, four copies of this. <laughs> I'll believe okay. it. All right, what game? Dead or Alive. Oh, oh absolutely. <laughs> Beach volleyball, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, okay. I just, even like the movie. I'm not oh, gonna man. lie. Yeah. It was just a game. <laughs> you can't be mad at Dead or Alive, no. dude. They, they, no, knew, what they, they knew what they were doing. Yeah, they did. They were like, they were like, hey, well, how about some hilarious. martial arts and titties? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, ew. Yes. Yeah, yeah I want, right. <laughs> like if it came, the only way it could be better is if it came with like a twelve pack. Like they know what they're doing. <laughs> you and your copy did, <laughs> yeah, right? Like it's just taped to a bottle of Jamesons. It's like here you go, buddy. <laughs> Long <laughs> weekend package for you. <laughs> it's like what is it? It's dead or alive? And some alcohol. So, oh, bachelor yes. edition. Yeah, bachelor edition. <laughs> bachelor edition. And it doesn't even matter, dude. You just be you just get into that game. It's, it's all right. Fun. Well then, so if you haven't played the game, listeners, please go back and play Dead or Alive three, and let us know what your favorite Sega game is. Indeed. And don't tell us about your console because there's only two right answers. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you, you can definitely tell us. Absolutely. So, want to say thank you, Justin, for being on the show today. We appreciate your And for knowledge. making a theme song. And for making a theme song. Oh, I, So, I, you'll yeah. be around every show, but... but I, <laughs> right? Yeah. Whenever uh, that theme song, whenever I'll come and 51st place in the 50 man competition. Yeah. Podcast competition. Um, <laughs> I'll take your thank you then. Oh, oh okay. okay. Perfect. <laughs> you, know, you know, one day I hope to be nominated for podcast of the week or whatever. Yeah. Maybe we'll battle it out. I'm Sounds good. But thanks for having me on. I, this is fun. Hopefully I can go invite me on again. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. We got more topics to discuss. Indeed. More history to cover. I mean, more adventures to be had. Indeed. (laughs) Like Sinbad the Sailor, we're going to continue to sail on. Uh, This has been your host, Shalom Agalaba. And are you going to say your name? I mean, (laughs) that was your cue. I know. I just like to mess. Oh, dude. Really? 